What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later, we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the I Tap That Cigar Show, presented by Corona Cigar. I am your host, Kevin from Cigar Prop, and we are coming to you live from the Drew Estate Experience Asset Studios here on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. Joining me for the last show of the season before we go on winter break is is, is my co-host. I'm about to say producer Care, but it's not. Producer Jessica's in the back room. Care. Hey. Stogie Road Cigars. I thought you were going to say joining you for the last time. I thought I was getting yeah. fired. I thought I was getting fired on air. Yeah, fired Elon Musk style, you know, just, uh, yeah. Yes, what's going on? I, so you, you changed your hat. You were wearing a beanie before the show. Well, it was a little bit chillier. Yeah. I'm warming up. Still what about your, 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 your vest? I mean, so you've just got this mainly this chilled in your in your pectoral region. Your arms aren't, you know, you don't need sleeves. Those no, not cold. when you got hair like this. <laughs> like, I got monkey arms, so they don't get cold. Oh yeah. God. It's the same thing. I don't wear gloves. If I do, I wear fingerless gloves because I don't like gloves. Yeah, I don't like the way fingerless gloves look. They just, it's creepy. Reminds me of the kid from uh, that made the other kid stick his tongue on the flagpole in the Christmas story. He had fingerless gloves. The uh, uh, He had beady eyes. I swear to you, he had beady eyes. Weird thing to remember about that moment. <laughs> I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I don't like fingerless gloves, that kid. Um, but that's, oh that, that's, that, that's, that's it. Great. Or, or, or from Ace, or I know, uh, um, Dumb and Dumber. Here, take, my hands are hot. Take my extra set. <laughs> I, I like when he's choking him. He goes, yeah. Harry, your hands are cold. <laughs> oh my God. That was a great, great scene. Uh, and joining us uh, as well is producer hello. Jessica. Say hello, Jessica. Hello. All right, uh, so yeah, uh, this is a, a great episode. We got Rick Rodriguez. You know, um, there are two. Now, I haven't met like a couple of guys, so I'm not sure. Like Ernesto Perez Carrillo, we'll talk about him later. I don't know like if he's funny or not. Like, so there are some people in the industry, like Michael Herklotz. I never knew Michael Herklotz was funny. Like that dude is hilarious. Same with uh, uh, Rick. Like when you see him, like you know. He, I mean, stoic, good-looking dude, and you know, then when you talk, I'm like, that guy is hilarious. Um, so there, you know, people that are in the industry that you don't think would be like really funny, and they're like over the top hilarious. So yes, that's who we got on tonight. And then Fred Rui, you know how crazy and funny yes. Fred is. He's even funnier in person. He is. So, he is funny. He he, he, is, he is. Yeah. He is. I a, can't imagine. Yeah, they had some folks on that. Uh, definitely the the have a good and twisted sense of humor. That 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 we have. So all right. Um. Let's see. I don't have any. Yeah, because it's our last show, so I'm, I'm flipping through my notes. I don't have anything coming up. No festivals. No events. 
Uh, so uh, um, I'm going to get right into it with the Cigar Medics Humidimeter Cut and Light. And I have got the new Humidimeter Pro. Remember with the Cigar Medics Humidimeter, Pro. you always know when to hold them, know when to smoke them. Yeah, the, the new Pro has retractable prongs. Oh, so you can actually JV. put it. In, yeah, and it's rechargeable, all metal body construction. And um, yeah, and uh, uh, I am uh, smoking uh, the West Tampa Black tonight. Oh, nice. So let's let's see what we got. And it's so I mean, it's so I'm at sixty three percent. And with the new Pro, um, the response time is almost instant. You know, it there's does. no just holding it, waiting for like three to five seconds. Yeah, it nice. does look it, like it is. USB it is an instant, <laughs> instant read. So what's that? 65%. It looks like a USB drive is what uh, just Manny said. Oh, it does. I'm sorry, Kara. What'd you say? I said I'm at 65. percent Oh, right on. Like it. And what? And what are you smoking tonight? Well, I'm I'm doing a quite I'm doing a nice pairing this evening, Kevin. I have two glasses of sangria. <laughs> yeah. hey. I'm. Don't I'm smoking. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm not judging you. I'm smoking the blackened. Mm. Yeah, maybe right. one. Nice. And I'll be pairing it with the blackened. Oh, oh, right, right, right on. So I need a, uh, I need a lighter. Here is my lighter. And, um, and I encountered Howard. the dreaded foot band. Oh, for the yeah. Uh, yeah, Howard uh, says the West Tampa black, black is phenomenal. It, it is ab absolutely phenomenal. And as a backup, I do have the West Tampa white, and that is what uh, Jessica is smoking tonight. Is the West you Tampa are white? Fancy and matching. We we are. Yeah, we uh, we, 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 we were at a uh, we, <laughs> we were at an event where I met uh, uh, Rick and uh, his daughter Sarah for the for the first time, and it was a West Tampa event. So we grabbed handfuls of the cigars. So we've got a few left that we saved because I knew I was going to get Rick on the show. I got a gringo as a backup. I was just uh, got done smoking a deconstructed gringo, so now I got to smoke the gringo. Oh, right on. Yeah, so, honestly, uh, when we were up at the Ybor Sydney Cigar Festival, uh, we were at the J.C. Newman factory, and we got to see Rick's cigars in there. Yeah, I was. So, I was. That was awesome. I, it was so awesome to see uh, the West yeah. Tampa cigars oh, in. Yeah. In the, uh, uh, the 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 front lobby of uh, J C Newman, so yeah. it was so so cool. And um, uh, 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 who is it? Um, Two Guys Smoke Shop. If you go, which I, I sorry Jeff for promoting <laughs> another, but this has to do with our guest tonight. Um, uh, oh, you get a West Tampa cigar. It's their 2022 end of the year pack. You get a vote on the cigar of the year. West Tampa has a cigar in that pack. So uh, and. Not blowing any smoke, but uh, uh, no pun intended. But if I was to turn my camera right over there, I never announced because we did our Cigar of the Year video the other night. Um, and it was the Army of Angels um, from Angel Benitez at Corona Cigar. Yeah. But I'm not going to say all the cigars in the, my top 10, but in the top five of this year was a West Tampa Black. Uh, someone's um, uh, asking where you can purchase the Blackened Cigar. Um. You just have to hit all the online retailers. Oh, online, Cor yeah. Corona Cigar, you know, uh, they, they come and go. Some shops are only getting one or two boxes. Other shops are getting 10. So um, um, Corona Cigar, use the code PROP10, save 10% off. That's our new uh, permanent discount code Ooh. with uh, Corona Cigar now. So um, I got mine my, my local cigar shop at Bodas. They, yeah. they had them in. They had all the Vitals, and I picked the uh, Churchill tonight to smoke. Oh, right, right on. 
So so let's let's get it let's get into it. Where's our time? Oh, we're uh, we're right at the uh, like the eight minute mark. So um, all right. So um, let's see. As well, I, you didn't I, ask I, Jessica was she smoking? Did you? I, I told you it was a West Tampa White. But you didn't ask her. You just I, did, I didn't her. ask her B- because okay. I because I forgot to ask her. <laughs> and then when I said my second cigar is a white, I remembered that Jessica. Jess, Jess was, I got your back. See, I'm trying to. Yeah, Je- Jessica was smoking. Smoking a white. I so, appreciate you. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, as a reminder, this will be our last show of the season. We're going to take a month off to relax and recharge. Uh, we'll be back the third week of January. Um, and uh, uh, for an exciting new season. Um, so before we bring on our guest tonight, we want to take a moment to thank all of our show partners for just supporting us all year round. This show costs a lot of money to make, produce, um, podcast, all of that. So they're the ones that make this happen if you're watching tonight or listening to the podcast in the future. So thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars, we change cameras. We are the muscle Excelsior tobaccos makers of the Dona Lydia. If you have, if you've been listening to our show for all year and you haven't tried a Dona Lydia yet, get off your ass and uh, go ask your local tobacconist for the Dona Lydia uh, GTO cigars. Those who know smoke GTO Corona cigar. And of course, Drew estate and experience acid. All right. So waiting patiently in the experience <laughs> acid green room is Rick Rodriguez of West Tampa tobacco. Rick. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much, guys. And uh, it's going to be a great show to end your season or your year with. So hopefully. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, 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 we're going to do something I don't ever do. Uh, and mm-hmm. Care knows I don't like this. We're going to deviate from my notes for a second because I want to mm-hmm. talk to you about a cigar before we back all the way up and start the show completely over again. Um, because you've been in the cigar industry a long time, mm-hmm. 27-ish years. Um, you've seen everything um, from Gitchy to not Gitchy. Um, and Care has Care has a cigar. Um, he owns Stogie Road Cigars. We're not here to promote mm-hmm. that tonight, but but I want to mm-hmm. talk about uh, something that he's working on because every time something is supposedly done in this industry, someone comes out of the woodwork and says, Oh, I did that 15 years ago. I did that to, and it didn't work. Um, Care, I want you to break down the deconstructed barber pole. Uh, for Rick, and then I want Rick's uh, uh, opinion or knowledge. Has this ever been done before? I don't think mm-hmm. it has. Thank you for putting me on a spot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I am not. Wow, uh, I do not have any sangria handy. But but um, I've always been a fan of barber pole cigars. I love the concept of having the two wrappers. Um, and and I had a conversation a while back with someone and. They had commented that they thought barber poles were gitchy. And I said, well, everybody's entitled their opinion. You know, that's fine. But I wanted to, to do something to, to prove them wrong or at least have other people weigh in on their opinion. So what I did was you have like, and again, we're not promoting this, but um, the one cigar I have is the Gringo, Sweetgrass Gringo. It's a uh, Candela Connecticut barber pole. Um, so we made two Coronas. One, both of them had the same filler and binder as the Gringo. One is with a made with using the Candela wrapper. The other one is the is the Connecticut wrapper. So you can smoke each cigar and taste that blend of the what's in the filler and binder, and taste it with just a Connecticut 
with just a candela, and then you can smoke the cigar itself and smoke and see the difference and 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 taste the difference and the similarities and savor the flavor, if you will, of the uh, barber pole itself and pick up the notes from what you smoked prior. And we did that. I love that. Our, we did that with all four of our our core lines. I love that because it does show you where your flavor is coming from. Because a lot of times, a rent manufacturer wants to concentrate on one or two things the filler or the wrapper. And what you're trying to do is highlight your wrapper. So, using the same fillers, you're going to discover the differences. And you can kind of vote for yourself which one you prefer. And so, the only thing I did different uh, was. I took a barber pole, and I understand the concept, but I've always said to myself, it's hard to pick up the two flavors from those wrappers separate because yeah. you haven't to smoke it. Right. So what I did was take an old, and I was working with, uh, I think that time was with, um, oh, it was uh, with um, uh, uh, with uh, CL, and they had a barber pole. And what I did was divide them. So half your wrapper was the Maduro and half your wrapper was of natural. Instead of wrapping together, I want you to experience the right. the flavor. And all of a sudden, you don't look at it because all of a sudden, when you get to the Maduro, it changed that flavor. Yeah. So I did the, uh, the barbecue, but separated half of your cigar was the natural and the foot to the halfway. And from the halfway to the uh, the head was the Maduro, and everybody got now experienced together, and that was kind of lights on. Okay, I now taste these separate because you demonstrated what the flavor is separate, mm -hmm. and then I can pull out the flavor of the natural. I'm tasting it, but in an exhale, I'm tasting the black or the Maduro. So Care uh, did it smarter because you got to buy three of his cigars to, to, to test his. You only got to buy you only got you only got to buy the one CAO. So yeah. so yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I do not remember that. What cigar was that from CAO? Uh, we, you know, it, it was a small project, and then we called it. Uh, I think it was uh, the uh, Blue Thin Line. Uh, it was a project that we wanted to raise money for the uh, the police. Uh, the fire department and the MNS. And so what we did was collect this money and the dollar of that purchase went to this and we presented this cigar, this uh, the check uh, to um, a group uh, that was working with CA, uh, CI and we presented that check and it was a huge fan favorite. And so it kind of just went away one time and we always been asked when are you going to reintroduce that uh, series? Because we love that series and General Cigar. Just we have other things to do, so we're just going to leave Liter that. literally thousands of other things uh, mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. concentrate on. So, yep. so, so right on. So now, now we're going to back all the way up. Where uh, you appear to be in your garage? Where are you coming from tonight for all of our listeners? Uh, so uh, Tampa, uh, born and raised in Tampa. So I live in Odessa, but it's right outside of Tampa. But uh, uh, matter of fact, uh, I can throw a baseball. Young Ricky could throw it once and hit uh, Bruce's house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce old Ricky, is, yeah. <laughs> old Ricky, twice. 
maybe yeah. twice in a rolling the baseball down the street, yeah. but uh, yeah. uh, in Tampa. So we're you know neighbors and all that, but uh, Tampa is where yeah. I'm born yeah. and raised. Old Ricky tees up a golf ball and fires it at uh, Bruce's <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> house. So I got to hang out with Bruce and Karen uh, the other night. You know, at an event, um, drove up a couple hours to see them, and uh, uh, always fantastic people. Love mm-hmm. loving hanging out with Bruce and uh, Bruce and Karen. Um, so how did, how did your, how did your family settle in? Cause you're third generation, Sarah's fourth generation Tampa now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, my family, uh, my history on my father's side is the cigar side of uh, my mother's side is just crackers from Georgia. So we're already talked about my, uh, grandfather's side, uh, my father's side of the family. They came to, uh, Tampa in 1950. Three. My grandfather and grandmother were rollers in Cuba. And so my grandfather was laid off of his factory after about uh, 20 years of working in that factory. Why? Because in 1952 was the first year that uh, Tampa outproduced Cuba making Cuban cigars. It affected them so much that they were laid off workers in Cuba because Tampa wow. was making more Cuban cigars than Cuba was. And so my grandfather and grandmother said, we can't raise a family on one income, so let's go to Tampa. And uh, at that time, there was two locations in making cigars in Tampa. One was Ybor City. Ybor City was established. It was, uh, you know, ground zero for making cigars. And so my grandfather and grandmother naturally just went to a factory in Ybor City. And the minute they walked in, they heard, somebody t- talking Italian and uh, he talked to the general manager excuse me I'm hearing uh, people talking Italian in your factory oh yes we have Italians and we have uh, Germans because after the World War one everybody moved to uh, you know uh, the US <laughs> and uh, they started to find jobs and they ended up in Tampa what is Tampa known for as, as far as industry was cigar so they started to work and my grandpa said sorry i will never work in a fucking factory that has any italians in it and he <laughs> walked out and said where, where do i go and he was walking out and the guy says if you want to just work with cubans go to west tampa they're just starting rolling cigars in west tampa but they only hire cuban workers so that is why we named this company West Tampa because I was born and raised in West Tampa. My grandfather started their kind of history in the U.S. in uh, West Tampa. So it was a natural for us to, to call this company what? I didn't want to call it the original name. Uh, the of uh, My corporate name is Plan B. And everybody, like <laughs> the daybreak pill that you... I'm going to say Amandola's advertisement's up, too. We can't do that. So we'll just call it the history of myself and my family, West Tampa. And we knew that was kind of scary to us because uh, to name a cigar after a city is kind of scary. Because if I was born and raised in Philadelphia and say, I'm going to launch the Philadelphia Tobacco Company, everybody in Boston... In New York, I am never going to buy anything oh, yeah. from Philly. <laughs> but uh, Tampa, uh, I had been traveling the world for the last, you know, uh, you know, fifteen years uh, with uh, you know General Cigar and CAO, and uh, I was amazed in every 
country I went to, where are you from? I'm from Florida. Where in Florida? Tampa. They had no clue where Tampa and Florida, Tampa was, but they answered right there. Oh, cigar capital of the world. And so it is still resonated with people out there as Tampa is making cigars and we all smoke cigars. We're all greeting everybody with the cigar on their head. So that's the reason it was easy for us to say Tampa. And uh, you mentioned earlier about J.C. Newman, about uh, uh, seeing our product in the shelf. Yeah. When Bobby and Eric called me and said, Ricky, we not only want you in our kind of, they have a, um, uh, a catalog program and they're going to get on the internet. That, that's the reason we uh, went to uh, J.C. Newman to get in the catalog. And he says, bro, we're going to do one better. The only product that we're going to showcase other than Fuente and J.C. Newman is West Tampa. And it dropped me to my knees, bro. It, it should, wow. I, have, I have seen my cigar in shops all over the world. But when I saw the first time West Tampa in that factory, I looked at Bobby and Eric and I said, what I say to you, I, I know how valuable this area is to your family, your company, for you to offer me a little area. He says, Ricky, just do me one favor. Just continue to do your job and continue to uh, give us good cigars and you'll have a home here for the rest of your life in this company. You know, it was it overwhelming. Was, yeah, overwhelming. Know, when Jessica and I saw those in there, I mean, we felt, I mean, it, it, it was like it overtook us. Like we felt yeah. so proud. Like, and we don't, I mean, we, you know, I mean, we just know you. I mean, we're not right. affiliated with the company, but we were right. so proud you know, for mm. you. And it was just such an amazing bro, thank feeling you, thank just, you. just to was. see those behind the glass case. And it's like, yeah, that's Ricky right on, you know, mm -hmm. West Tampa. So what was, yep. what was life like in Tampa growing up, you know, 60 years ago, <laughs> you know? So bro, I mean, uh, compa great. compared to great. today, did you ever uh, go you know, to, uh, did you ever go to the factory, ride your bike or something? No, you know, because, uh, you know, it, uh, with my grandfather and grandmother uh, had a factory and where um, their factory is a small factory in West Tampa. The, the factory I knew uh, growing up was the, uh, you know, Villazon factory. Today it's called the uh, the uh, Oliva factory. And so that's the factory I knew of. Uh, that It was large factory. Uh, so that's the factory that I was riding my bike to. Uh, go to my little league uh, ba uh, baseball, uh, uh, you know, a field. That was a factory I passed all the time. And so for me to be a part of that factory today, be able to go in the factory, Frank and Nessa trained me, trained me about growing tobacco. So we'll talk about my training and how many people touch me with their knowledge. And if you look at, uh, you know, I think um, uh, uh, Cigar Aficionado has, well, they have now, I think, 14 Hall of Famers. Uh, at, the, uh, at one time, they had 12 or uh, 11. And I would have been trained by four of the 11 people in the Hall of Fame. That was unbelievable. And Frank Vanessa was in charge of training me about growing tobacco. And if you don't know about Frank Vanessa's uh, history, and what he did for this business that we love today. He was the first guy that went to Central America to grow tobacco with Pazencia. And that that started because everybody was saying, where are you going? 
you should go to the DR or to Europe or to uh, South, uh, you know, America, Brazil to make cigars. Nobody goes to Central America to grow tobacco. And Frank and Pacencia says, we're going to do that. And so the rich history of this kind of industry that we know today has been, uh, you know, taught to me by these legendary guys from Frank Vanessa, Mr. Coleman that owned General Cigar, Hall of Famer, uh, Benji Menendez, we can talk to about that, is my master that taught me everything, and uh, 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 Ernie, uh, uh, you know, yeah, Perez well, Carrillo. Oh, we'll definitely get into that here uh, in a little bit. So when you were growing up, um, the so c- cigar rolling factories are definitely a lot more than it is today. Was that looked upon on a, um, like, good like oh you know like the factory cigar rollers so you know or were they were they looked how were they treated as a class in in society when you were growing up uh they're they're the middle class so uh okay you had a job at a roller you're making today would be like a a a salary of uh 50 to you know eighty thousand dollars you're not buying a new car new cadillac every year but you could definitely raise your family uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 provide for your family. So it was a great living for my for grandfather and grandmother. And it raised their, uh, you know, their kids and it, it raised, you know, me going to uh, see them. And, you know, every Sunday I had uh, lunch uh, with uh, my grandfather and grandmother. And my grandfather smoked one cigar a day after work. And my grandmother smoked one cigar a week. On Sunday after dinner, after lunch, she took us the kids out to the backyard to watch us play, and she smoked a cigar. So when I see a lady smoking a cigar, it's not sexy to me; it's power to me because my uh, my grandmother was a powerful uh, present in my family. She ruled that nest. So when I see a woman smoking a cigar, I automatically think of power. You're a powerful lady because you're in a man's world doing what we think is a man's thing and uh, it's amazing to me the growth of young uh, ladies and older ladies into getting into this uh, thing called cigar smoker because it is unbelievable the growth right now of women is outpacing any other segment of these uh, cigar uh, smoking industry Oh, for sure, and and I imagine you probably so you only got one cigar a week. Don't screw up that time. Don't right. don't don't right. screw right. up grandma's <laughs> c- cigar smoking time. Um, now, back then, were they still getting? Uh, I know they did in Cuba. You know, um, were were they? Did they get cigars um, yeah. every day they could take home? And then, because I know that's how a lot of cigar rollers uh, supplemented their income is by yeah. selling them on the side. So they were getting cigars as well. About five cigars a day that you have access. Uh, you know, my grandfather just took one a day. That he his last cigar he rolled that day. He smoked that day. And I, uh, you know, now I I would love to ask them, Poppy, you knew that is not the 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 time to smoke that cigar. You need to let it rest. He loved it. He loved that fresh roast cigar straight off the table. It was a last cigar he smoked. He went home after dinner and smoked that cigar. Yeah, I'm and not. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, care, I mean, I mean, Karen, we, I mean, we've done been down in Ebor. I'm sure you you've smoked many cigars, freshly rolled, not the greatest cigars at all. No, you know? no. Why? Why? Because because uh, you have to understand why it's not good. Uh, one reason: if you have 
to take away one reason. We can get really deep why not to smoke that fresh world cigar. But for the fans of the cigar uh, world, there's one reason. They have to wet the tobacco to roll it, to stretch it out. And so it's like if you have a, a neat shot of bourbon and you take the sip, you're only enjoying that full flavor of the bourbon. And if I go to back to you and say, the next sip, hold on, and I fill it with water, what do I do? Dilute your flavor. And so if mm. you're just smoking a cigar off the table, that that wrapper is wet. Your binder or your binder and filler are dry. So you're not going to uh, accept that full flavor of the cigar. But over time, you have you know how to divide that flavor. You know what you're going to get from that cigar. But uh, marrying that cigar, when we roll that cigar and put in that bundle of 50 and we put it away, what we're doing is drying out the tobacco. Make sure the humidity and the, uh, the filler, the binder, and the wrapper is equal. It's all, and that takes about anywhere from one week to two weeks to marry that tobacco. So a lot of factories have this, they marry them room. What's that? Oh, there's an aging room. No, it's a marry room. We're just uh, trying to get the humidity equal to the binder, filler, and the wrapper. Do you think, okay. take, do you think smoking that cigar, that last cigar he rolls? I mean, mm -hmm. I under, like you said, I understand the whole concept of not smoking it. But I am so like in love with the whole idea of rolling your last cigar for the day, taking it home, eating it, and smoking it. You think that was just kind of a ritual, or maybe some sort of yeah. a yeah. Yeah. of, of yeah. you know how how some folks have a little bit of a um, like uh, like you said a ritual or, or, or something that they that they do at the end of every day. It's like it's buttoning up a great day of rolling cigars by rolling the last one and smoking that last one. I, I, there's something romantic about that. You know, I think it, the combination of things. I, I think uh, my, I, I, if I looked at my grandfather, didn't drink, but he would be that Scotch drinker with water, dilute that flavor a little bit. So he liked that uh, diluted flavor because he. I never saw him reach for an older cigar. Never, never. It's always the cigar he wrote today, and so even the uh, you know weekend. He didn't, uh, and Sunday when I was watching my grandpa, he never smoked a cigar. Maybe because he says, I didn't roll it today. I'm not going right. to smoke a two-a-day-old. Yeah. A little superstition, a <laughs> little ritual yeah. going well, on. Well, I think yeah. that's great. And, and maybe a little quality control as well. You know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, yeah. he's like, oh, hey, you know, maybe this one is a little tight or something was a little off. And he's like, hey, you know, maybe tomorrow I go in and – you know, I, I I fix that a little bit, so maybe a little quality control. That's the Kevin. Well. That's the Kevin quality control. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, you know anybody uh, any uh, cigar you're going to roll for yourself is going to be a perfect cigar. Oh yeah, a yeah, perfect <laughs> cigar. So, you know, so oh. I've always said uh, don't uh, buy any cigars that are made on Monday or Friday. Monday they're hung <laughs> over from the weekend. Don't buy a truck. That was made on yeah, a yeah. Monday or a Friday, <laughs> and so only Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday cigars you uh, should uh, buy. But you, no, you know, I think, I, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a mechanic, and we always when we see like a vehicle and it's got like and it's like new and it's got a bunch of problems with it, we always say, ah, fucking Friday truck. You know, <laughs> it's just we all yeah, yeah. we always say that to this day. Like going into uh, a deli right before closing. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys, uh, can I take a break because my battery is going to die and I need to get my charger. I'm yeah, so yeah, go, yeah, go, go and All grab right. it for sure. All right, sorry, uh, hold on. So sorry. So, but yeah, to, to, to this date, still don't don't buy a Friday vehicle. Yep. Try try and figure out when that bad boy was made. And 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 we know now with today's technology, where's my know, charger? And, and quality control that. You know that that doesn't make you know it's not a thing anymore. But we Kevin, still- you were thinking his grandfather's going home with schematics. Yeah, I got to quality I- control. I got to well. Oh my gosh! I well, was I rolling all of them this way? Yeah, I change tomorrow. Yeah, that, that, that's it. I don't think yeah. my grandfather cared about your fucking cigar. You were working. Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, he would pay for that cigar. It's your problem. Yeah, it's your problem, not mine. I love that though. I think that is really so like it, it just it's like a, a bow on at the end of the day to be able to just take that cigar home and smoke it. You know, because there's not awesome. a lot of us that can that can take our work home and appreciate what we did all day long. You know, I guess if you're if you're making food or candies or whatever, you know, if they allow you to take something home, but I would probably say for ninety-nine percent of the population. We can't do something all day long, take that home and actually enjoy it. Yeah. You know, so uh, the, the cigar is definitely, definitely something cool. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Now, now, Ricky, uh, you're uh, um, uh, your daughter, Sarah, uh, also born and raised in Tampa. Um, what, what are some of the things that you used to do in Tampa as a kid to where you would never allow her to do? And like, no, you are not doing. She's like, but, but dad, you used to ride your bike across the Howard Franklin all the time, whatever, or whatever it was. <laughs> I knew yeah, for me, uh, up until I was 15 years old, I would <laughs> want Sarah to have my life. After 15, those are stories that I share with her. Mm-hmm. Never do this. Never do this. <laughs> never do this. Learn from me. That's the problem. So, uh, no, it was a great, uh, you know, a situation for our, because she was, my family was shattered uh, when I was about uh, about 11 years old. Uh, my dad and mom divorced, and it just broke this family apart. So uh, I kind of uh, ran away or run away from my house when I was uh, 15 years old. And so uh, I just kind of realized my father was a heavy drinker. Sad, sad story. But um, uh, it made the man I am today. So take all of that uh, kind of sadness and turn it to happiness because I'm sitting here today because of the lessons I learned throughout my life. And we're going to share some of these uh, stories through the series called Attic. Yes, we're, we're going we'll to talk I... about we'll talk about that and what we're going to do that to share these unique stories of my growing up in Tampa because. I was growing up, uh, I was 15 years old in 1975. And so Tampa was a wild town in 1975. And I was part of this wildness. And uh, uh, to be here today, I should not. I should be either dead in prison. Uh, That was my my direction I was heading. But uh, I was uh, also uh, very aware of, People wanting to share their knowledge with me and direct me to a better path. And so it, it just ended up good, but I would never want my daughter to ever experience what I experienced from 
age, you know, 15 until I was married to my beautiful wife of 37 years. I would yeah, never yeah. want her. Watching you and Sarah interact um, is mm -hmm. the same with my daughter. My daughter's 27. Okay. Is that correct? She's 28. 28. She just turned okay. 28. And, and just turned 28. And we, and we're like, so when you, when you look at you and Sarah, like you, you guys, you guys are best friends. And that's the same with, with me and my daughter. Like we, we joke around, we, you know, that's, you know, we have fun together. And that's why I love watching just you and you and your daughter interacting. Cause it's just such a, such a great, great relationship um, to have. Now is she smoking cigars yet. No, she's not. Uh, but, uh, you know, she loves the history. She loves our, you know, history of our family. She loves the aroma. She loves everything but the soup. And so what you discover is take your daughter. If you want her, your daughter to be a part of your business or whatever you're doing in their life, it has to come from them. It has to come. So if I asked Sarah uh, five years ago, I'm going to quit General Cigar and I'm opening my own company up. Do you want to work with me? The answer at that time would be no. She had to come to me. So as she graduated uh, college uh, at Florida and she took off. So for the last nine years, she's been traveling the world uh, by herself. So she ended up living in uh, you know, Australia by herself for a year. She went to the Philippines. She went to Asia. She went all through Europe. She's been. To, uh, she loved uh, the Central America. She lived in Nicaragua for a year by herself, and so that's kind of like this is cool. And I'm watching my father travel the world, talking about this history of our family, and I'm very interested that Dad, I want to work with, and that started this process of me leaving Jello Cigar. In 2020, and started the a process of forming West Tampa with my partner Gus. Today, you know, because she wanted to be a part of it. You know, you're, you're you're right on that. You know, so my daughter, you know, I've always, you know, I have a son too. He's not mechanically inclined. You know, not good working with his hands. He's a tech guy, computer guy, okay. and I really wanted like to, to teach my daughter stuff. You know, how to use equipment, and I and I never wanted to push her into that. Um, and I remember one day years ago, she called me up out of the blue, like, dad, I, I'm getting older now. She was probably 21 at the time. She goes, I think I need to work, learn woodworking. Um, I'd like to work on a project. And like my heart exploded, well, my mind, yeah. like, yes. So we built a, a set of cornhole boards, you know, from, from, from scratch. And uh, it was a great day of cutting, sawing, teaching her how to use a drill. And she, she still talks about that because it was, you know, and, because it was her idea. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. push her like, oh, I remember this time my dad made me do this and I ended up loving it. You know, so I, I, I love that she came to you, you know, with, with that. Um, how old were you? If, if no, you have a son, if you have a son yeah. and you, you're a baseball fan, you played throughout high school, maybe college and never go to and you say your son, you're going to be it has to come from them. They, you can't live through them you can't live their life for them so when sarah uh, approached me and uh, i remember the explosion of our heart uh inside it was fireworks and i remember really that's interesting let me think about this <laughs> i knew the answer right away but yeah because i didn't want her to feel like oh yeah that is easy uh i want her to experience the hard part of being in any business 
Uh, so she's going to start from ground zero. Matter of fact, she's heading to the factory uh, to train in the factory. We went to, uh, she's never going to be a blender. And I said, Sarah, you cannot go out there and represent West Tampa through my uh, life experience. You have to create your own avenue. So if you're not going to be the smoker, the, uh, you know, the blender, what can you do? Brilliant. Your grandmother, grandfather were rollers. I can roll a cigar. I've been trained, but I cannot <laughs> roll a cigar. But I can train you, and you can demonstrate what they do in the factory and also talk about our history because it's true to you. It's not just my words coming out of your mouth. This is what you do. I can't do that. You can't blend, but I can't. Uh, you can roll. I can't roll, but I can blend. So that it's a natural form of our relationship to continue this path together. Yeah, and, and then her wanting in. I remember Care. Uh, you you were telling me about the story about your your son Joe. You know, one because Care was a football player, high school, college, and when he wanted to play football. I know you, you were a little, uh, no. Uh, yeah, no, he, he, he was a, a little, a little thin, you know, to, to, no. to, pl to play sport. football, but, but, but yeah, but you, but, but you, you could have pushed him into that, you know, as, as well. And it probably would have tainted his, you know, for yeah. even going into cross country. I probably would have, uh, I'd be, I'd be live from a storage unit. Because he probably yeah. would have got seriously hurt, and Jennifer would have kicked me out for dis not dissuading him <laughs> from putting himself in harm's way. Uh, so, so growing up with your grandparents, uh, um, there was a oh, what's that? Um, ask Ricky, bro. The black and white are both Habano wrappers. Yes, uh, great question, and they're not Maduro. So, if you look at the black, it's not Maduro. My trainer, again, when I'm talking about my cigars or our cigars. I'm talking about West Tampa. Whatever anybody else says to you, if somebody else got any dark wrapper, it's Maduro because it's just uh, a ripe, uh, uh, you know, kind of situation. And my training, if you cannot rotate that in your lips and taste the natural sweetness, that's not Maduro. So all we're doing with the same wrapper is aging it about fermenting it about three months longer, thus changing the color. But if I blindfold you and uh, give you the wrapper of white and black, you're going to say, okay, give me the black one because I'm smoking the same. No, you take your blindfold off. You just finish the uh, the dark one. It's, oh, my God. So, uh, so when we did this blend, I want to focus on your flavor coming from the, uh, the white from the wrapper. But I'm using the same wrapper. For the black, so the focus is coming, or the taste is coming from the blend. So I'm downplaying the fillers for the white, highlighting the, the wrapper, but I'm reversing that, downplaying the wrapper of the black, highlighting the filler on the black. Oh, right, right on. So a uh, great question. Um, oh, I forget who who posted that up. So thank you. Um, that was Christopher. Chris, oh, Christopher. Chris okay. Yeah. Oh, right, right on. Thanks, Chris. Uh, um, one thing I was going to ask you: growing up, uh, um, uh, with uh, rollers for grandparents, were you smoking at a uh, a young age? Was that always something that you were around, or, or when did when was when was your first cigar? When I was hired with uh, General Cigar. Really? Was, uh, uh, yeah, I was. No, I, I, 
Bro, I, I've never been a fan of uh, my father and uh, mother uh, were cigarette smokers that turned me off to smoking uh, at all. So um, I remember uh, the guy that tried to recruit me and to work with uh, General Cigar is Dave Bullock. Dave Bullock worked for Rocky Patel today. He was the guy that hired me. He was working with General Cigar and uh, we got to know each other. Uh, through classes when I'm having my only child, Sarah. He has been his first of four children, and we met, and we kind of formed this friendship. And he says, bro, what do you do? I'm in the flooring uh, business. I sell wood floor, ceramic tile, and carpet. Oh, really? So what do you do, Dave? I work for Nestle. Do you want to sell candy bars? For, for, no, not gonna fucking sell candy bars <laughs> and so no and he went away and uh, we kind of lost touch for about two years and uh about two years later he called me out of the blue Ricky, it's dave dave who dave who? oh next guy what are you doing i'm working for a new company called bean bean beans you want to sell cans of baked beans i suppose <laughs> no no because in that time i only wanted to sell that something that i have to offer my friends so yeah. if you need new flooring for my house your house talk to me i have the discount i can give you but nobody's going to come to my house <laughs> can you spare a can of baked beans no bro this had no value so no dave thank you so much and about a year later he called me out of the blue again ricky's dave dave who no fucking bro dave bullock uh who are you working for general cigar who's general cigar and we make Macanudo, Cohiba, Punch, Particus, uh, Hoya, and uh, La Gloria. And so we want you to be a salesman. Do you, I'm assuming you smoke cigars. Of course, Dave. My history, my grandfather. <laughs> yes. So we're in Ybor City and we're walking. And Dave was smoking a cigarette. I said, bro, you need to put that fucking nasty thing down and let me buy you a cigar. I bought a Macanudo Portofino for him, and I bought a uh, A58 for Fulente for me. And we're walking, and I'm choking the cigar down. My wife was like, what are you doing? Don't, I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to get a job. And I'm smoking the cigar. And Dave says, okay, what do you want to do? I said, bro, I want to leave the flooring industry. I want to uh, sell cigars. You're hired. And uh, he, they hired me. And they assumed that I was a heavy cigar smoker. And uh, that was the first cigar of my life. And wow. now I, I smoke about uh, 10 cigars a day because they're you all know, now, 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 my buddy is a, is, is a, is a bread salesman. And, right. uh, and I'm always like, Hey, you got any, uh, you got any bagels? Yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, so I mean, yeah. so beans, like a, I, I love beans. If I had a good bean guy, you'd hook me yeah. up. God, yeah, I, got a, I got a bean guy, Kev. That's what all my friends be getting for yeah. Christmas beans. Yeah. And you know, that, that would be, that would be awesome. Um, so yeah, so in 2000, that was your first cigar job and your first cigar. Um, be, so being a rep, uh, back then, like what was your, what was your territory? What, what were you, what were you doing back then? So on uh, my territory is Tampa, Orlando, the Panhandle and Jacksonville. That was my territory. And so when they hired me, I think, uh, they had, uh, 27 reps and, uh, the territory I took over was number 25 of 25. Seven oh, reps, so wow. very small as, as the eyes of General Cigar, 
And I remember uh, calling Dave one time because uh, he, I wanted to leave the uh, industry, the sporting industry so bad. I took this leap of faith and signed with General Cigar at half my pay uh, oh. that I was receiving. And so I remember starting and uh, about six months later, we kind of worked through all our savings. And my wife was crying one day in the office, like, what are you crying about? Ricky, you need to fucking quit and go back to work because we can't pay our mortgage today. We don't have the money. I was just paying the mortgage out of our savings because you're not making enough money. We bought this house based on your old pay. So right now you need to quit and you know there's no turning back because the way I quit that business, <laughs> I burned every bridge. I burned every bridge. And so there's no way. So I called Dave and say, Dave, bro, I need to leave. And I uh, says, bro, I think you're you're going to be somebody special for us. And I said, bro, whatever you think of me, uh, I need to leave because I, you got me too cheap. I said, well, how much money do you need? I said, bro, I don't know. My mortgage is about $1,800 a, a month. Let me calculate. All right, let me call you back. And he called Mr. Coleman and said, you know, we have the, uh, the new guy in Florida, uh, and he wants to quit because we got him too cheap. And so, well, what does he need? About $30,000 more. And he says, okay, give it to him. And uh, wow. they called me back and I said, we're going to – Pro, uh, you know, rate your uh, uh, salary. We're going to pay you like we should have paid you day one at uh, $80,000 a year. And we're going to give you this money. Uh, hopefully, you're going to stay with us. And I said, Dave, if you do that, I will be number one uh, for uh, sales. He says, Ricky, you're never going to be number one. Your territory is too small. Uh, and I said, well, you know what? It's not going to be a lack of effort. I'm going to try my hardest to be number one. And about uh, two months later, I had a meeting with ABC Liquor, and they only had stand-up humidors, one humidor in their uh, yeah. liquor stores. And they said, we're going to build a walk-in uh, humidor uh, in our shops, our, our liquor stores. <laughs> and so you're the best rep we have. Uh, we love to work with you. We at, at that time, we had two cigar boxes. We had one punch and one macanoodle. And the uh, line of 10 cigars that he carried and says, well, let's go and have a meeting. If we do this uh, humidor, a walk-in, how many cigars do you think General Cigar could provide us? I said, at least 150 uh, styles and boxes. Okay, go to uh, downstairs and we'll give you an opening order. And they give uh, me an order of uh, about one point. Uh, I think $1.3 million. Wow. And I was walking out and I called Dave. I said, Dave, <laughs> I have an order from ABC. Oh, I was just going to call you. We need an extra $5,000 from uh, ABC this month. Uh, okay. <laughs> How about this number? And he said, what is that? And so I went to, from 25 to number one and less than three months later. And I was number one. For the last uh, three and a half years, I was uh, as a salesman for Jello Cigar. And that started my kind of getting the attention of everybody. And so Mitchell Coleman had Benji come to uh, do an event with me to spy on me. 
Benji, we want to see if Ricky can absorb what you're saying to the the consumers and he can repeat your stories. And I remember Benji says, this event, you handle. I'm just going to sit there. I want you to take over. And I did it. And uh, Benji called Mr. Coleman and says, you have your mind. And they called me the next day. Your days are selling cigars for a general cigar over. We're going to send you to the factories for two years, and we're going to train you to be a blender. And that started my path. That that was going to be my next question, because by the time, you know, uh, when uh, STG acquired General in 2009, you were the blender and brand ambassador for CAO. And I'm like, how did this guy go from being a rep in 2000 to be on a blender in 2009 so so what what did those two years um what, what what were you doing what were those like were you down down there all the time you were back and forth what what happened in two years no we uh you know they uh shipped me to the dr for a year and then i i lived in the dr for a year that i came home uh maybe twice or three times a quarter uh for the weekend and but i lived and breathed and uh, ate tobacco i i would and but that training showed me how General Cigar or any uh, business, except tobacco from the farm and the process that we put that tobacco through to make a cigar and ship the cigar. Never once did they train me how to blend or how oh, okay. to put together a blend. So after that year in um, uh, the DR, uh, that following year, I went to uh, Honduras and trained. I said, why would I go to Honduras? I just trained. Oh, we have uh, two at that time, two factories. What they do in the DR, they don't do in uh, uh, you know, Honduras. So you need to run the process of how they do it in Honduras. And so I trained in that for a year. And then after that, they put me with Benji for five years. And five years, I traveled with Benji to help him get around uh, because he's getting older and driving around, fly together, uh, stay in hotels together, eat dinner together. We're our, I mean, side by side, Siamese twins uh, for five years. And he taught me the art. So we did an event uh, in the shops, but what happened is all the dry time, all the downtime is where Benji, Benji, could I ever take this wrapper and these fillers and combine them? No, Ricky, they'll fight each other. If I was you, I would take that wrapper and use these fillers to highlight that. And he taught me how to blend cigars. And so after that, Ernesto left La Gloria, and we formed a team called Team La Gloria. And I was in charge of blending for La Gloria. We had the general manager that had of, uh, uh, at that time, the head of production for uh for La Gloria and Michael Giannini was a marketing guy for La Gloria. So it took three guys to replace one guy. And that lasted about uh, 18 months. And all of a sudden I got the tip on the shoulder. You're done with, uh, we're done with you in, in La Gloria. We just bought CAO and their blender is retiring. We're going to move you from the DR to uh, Nicaragua and you're going to be responsible to create cigars for CAO. So that was 15 years ago. Now, when uh, uh, um, when, when Jono decided to sell the company and uh, um, and you and you guys bought it, did you have um, and, and we just had uh, um, uh, his son on uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Tim? 
But yeah. uh, and and one thing I never even thought to ask him, you know, but but now that you mention that, did you work with Jono at all or or Tim? I mean, so discussing blends, so you guys never yeah. got together. So yeah. you just matter of fact, uh, I've never met that family. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I knew of Tim because he was doing his thing before I took over because he was a very bro to see Tim talk about cigars and his family. It is a show. It is a, a, a show. If you had never been to an event with uh, Tim uh, doing it, do yourself a favor and go to the event. I don't care if you like his cigars, just a knowledge of the history he's going to share with you. A great performer. And so I never met him. And at the trade show, uh, he announced before the trade show, he's going to do his own thing and come back to the business. And he walked to CEO's booth, or Bus Tampa's booth, and I said, oh, my God, that's Tim. The first time I shook his hand was at the uh, the trade show last year in Vegas. Wow. I said, Tim, wow, the fuck? Thank you, bro. I would not be here today without that foundation that your family gave me. He said, Ricky, what you did for our business and keeping CL alive, Thank you. I said, bro, without you and your father, your sister, I would not be here. He says, I still consider CEO our business. I, I sold it, but we are enjoying everything that you did for CEO. And so it was a, a kind of hugs and we walked away. It's like, oh, my God, I thank you. And he was thanking me. And it was a beautiful moment. And so, yeah, but I never met him. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what, what a, I mean, what a cool Great. kind of reunion. Uh, you yeah. know, he's starting his new company. Yeah. You're starting right. your new company. Um, now, you, now, you had mentioned uh, Benji Menendez. So you worked with Benji Menendez, Daniel Nunez, Nunez and mm -hmm. Ernesto Carrillo. So mm -hmm. um, oh my, I see my camera's cutting out a little bit. Um, what are what's one thing, just one thing that each of those master blenders, because they, they truly are master blenders. What did they teach you either as in cigars or life in general um that you still when you wake up in the every morning you're like i'm gonna do this because benji said it or i'm gonna do this because ernesto or, or daniel said it what, what's one thing each of those taught you with, with your time with them i think uh danielle taught me uh how to uh, run a factory kind of hard uh, he was a hard man to work for he was very demanding of his people uh i learned this don't treat people like that. Uh, he did, he's a great teacher, but uh, he was kind of hard. And so that lesson to me was taught to me, uh, you have the control of over people. You don't need to treat people that like like that. So I think that taught me how to, if I ever had my own factory, how to appreciate the guy that was sweeping the floor all the way to your general manager. Nobody is above anybody. That's what Mr. Coleman taught me. Mr. Coleman taught me respect everybody that works with you because you don't want to go to a factory with fours, all trash and all that. Because if you don't care about your factory, why should your people care about your cigar? And he taught me how to respect people. Ernesto taught me about after you receive tobacco, you can destroy it or make it better through the, uh, the uh, process of fermentation. 
So my training with Ernesto was practically only fermentation because he thought that was the true art of any factory because we're all using the same tobaccos. We're all using the same tobacco, going to the same growers. But if you treat that tobacco with respect, you can make a better cigar than the other guy that's using the same tobacco that has no respect for that tobacco. But Benji taught me to have to be a better man, a better father, a better husband. Bro, it touched my heart today. Yeah. Wow. So... Along with sharing the knowledge of his, um, wow, so sorry, guys. <laughs> no, Along no. With you know, sharing the knowledge of uh, tobacco, about uh, 80% of the time, uh, respect of uh, being a friend, a father, and uh, a family man. And uh, I, oh, today, uh, Benji looks at me as a son, and I definitely look at, I never had a father figure. Uh, my grandfather died when I was about eight years old. And so that was never a part of my life other than seeing my grandfather smoke a cigar. And my father was out of my life. So I was always searching for that man figure. And Benji, Mr. Coleman, was smart enough. Benji, bless his heart, has two sons, twins, my age. But they're mentally handicapped. And so they're still looking with uh, Benji at, uh, you know, 62 years old. They still live with Benji. And they're you're dealing with uh, a... a grown man, but the mindset of uh, maybe a seven-year-old child. And so he's always saying to, um, uh, you know, Mr. Coleman, I'm going to go away. I'm going to die with all this knowledge. You have to give me somebody to share this knowledge with. And Mr. Coleman, one time I mentioned to Mr. Coleman, I'm from a broken family. I never had a father figure in my life. That's the reason I love you, Mr. Coleman. No, I'm going to have you uh, introduce you to somebody. And that formed this tight relationship with, I just talked to Benji about uh, five minutes before I called you guys. And so I'm always, he's part of my team. Uh, any uh, samples I create, Benji has to smoke them, has to be, uh, you know, kind of give me the okay. And so uh, he's a, a great, great man. I owe him on my life. Yeah. I'm so yep. sorry, bro. It's so touching for me. No, because I, it, yeah. it's why me. It's why me. Why me? Why me? Because I remember when I was um, given this opportunity to start this training, and I went to my family, and it was Sarah and my wife Susan, and I remember crying. My life is going to change. So why me? Why me? There's so many other guys and girls that work for General Gar, and Sarah place his hand on my chest why not you you're right let's go to work let's go to work and so uh for these guys if you look at frank Nessa passed away benji uh, retired uh mr coleman passed away uh, Nessa's still doing it his thing but before they left general cigar they turned around and said i'm going to share all of my knowledge with you do what you want with it ricky and they just bombarded me with all this knowledge of the history of tobacco, how we grow it, how we ferment it, how we roll it, how we do this, and why me? Why are you doing this for me? Uh, because uh, you're a good guy, and I think you're going to be able to share our stories with everybody, and that's all they wanted. Share our stories, share our stories. Let these guys know and girls know how hard it is to make a cigar 
and how beautiful it is to make a cigar. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. And and I'm always the one that cries on the show. Always, yeah, I, I said, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I you know I I've got tearied in like yeah. you know dozens of times. So so I I love that. Fantastic, fantastic story. Um, now I there's two stories that that I'd like you to tell. You know, you told me and I love them, and and I think our listeners. Um, would love to hear them as well. And then and then we'll move on to West Tampa. We'll come into the okay. talking about the, the, the past. We'll get into the uh, the present and the future coming up here just shortly. Um, one that you, you told me when, when we met up for the first time uh, at Cigar Cigars in Sarasota, um, how the uh, the CAO flathead. I mean, the most one of the most iconic boxes, cigar boxes in history, how that came about, you know, and just that mad story. Uh, can you can you tell our, our our viewers tonight that great story? Yeah, so uh, you know, uh, Jetta Cigar always gave us uh, any you know company or any marketing uh, 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 finger of the company a year to create the story, the blend, and the cigar. And so we're working on a project for about six seven months, and we can get it down because this project was directly from the marketing department. So they wanted to create a cigar with about seven to nine tobaccos. They wanted to take the World Series. Could we make a, the World Series in one cigar using tobacco from, uh, you know, uh, Nicaragua, from Colombia, from, uh, you know, uh, from Brazil, from Italia, and make one cigar? And we're watching, bro, every cigar we smoke, this is not right. This is not right. And it, and then they started to share the presentation, the packaging, the name, and I was like, mm, "Stop, stop! What are you going to call it? Sync, like the boy band in sync? I'm not. <laughs> no, you got to be kidding me. Sync is the. I don't like that name. Well, it's not your job to name cigars, Ricky. Your job is to blend cigars." We're the marketing department. I don't like this. And they showed me the box, and it was a rainbow. I, bro, you got to be kidding me. I'm not going to stand in front of anybody with a fucking board band name (laughs) and the cigar that looks like, you know, the rainbow flag. And no, I'm not going to do it. Well, yeah. And I called the president of the company. I happened to be in the factory, and we're done. We're done. We've smoked a, a hundred cigars. We cannot get this blend to perform. I'm out. Ricky, if you don't have a cigar at the trade show, now you realize this is year three. What is going to happen? When we took over CAO, they said to me, you have three years. If you don't correct this, because at that time, CAO was just doing this in sales. If you don't correct that, what we're going to do is take CAO and give it to CI as a house blend. Only could uh, be purchased through CI. So it's your job to correct that because if you don't, you're going to. So we did OSA, the first cigar. Okay, it's okay. We did concert, the second cigar, epic failure. I mean, fell, fell on our ass. And so you have one more shot. It's not fucking sink it's not sink i know that for sure <laughs> my my life is over if i have to do this because i don't believe in this project i can't stand up in front of anybody and lie to them try this cigar it's great it's great it's great cigar <laughs> so, 
That's not going to do it. So I remember talking to the president and said, Ricky, if you don't have a cigar, what are you going to do? I said, I have this crazy concept. Let me develop this box. Yeah, I have a, a name called Flathead. What does this Flathead represent? Oh, it's my love affair for the old car engines for Ford, the Flathead engine. I want to do this. I, I don't know about this. Flathead? Ah, oh, bro. I, you know, Ricky, okay, I'll give you the name. You can do the name. Uh, and so what about the blend? Give me this week. And that was a Monday. Tuesday afternoon, I said, guys, throw away all the cigars that we've been working on for the last eight months. Throw them up. Burn the recipes. Just get rid of them. And we're going to do flathead. And I'm going to give you a blend. And I want my team to create a blend. I wanted to use the Connecticut. All I ask you guys to use a Connecticut broadleaf for your wrapper. Whatever your filler is, you put your, but I'm going to give you my recipe. And my recipe won. But we were smoking it. It was a round cigar. And I said, bro, it's burning too hot in my mouth. And I have a little roller that rolls my cigars for blends. And said, Ricky, if I was you, I would box press a cigar. And I said, okay, we'll box press it the next day. So Thursday, we had to box press it on Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, we're smoking it. I go, this is it. This is it. So we only made two blends, two blends. And we took these blends, and I went to uh, you know, Richmond, and I said to the team, this is the blend. This is a presentation. This is the name. And we cut out a little box lid. And make uh, the box lid you see today. It looks like that. This is kind of the flathead engine. That's the way it looks. And oh, I like this. I like this. Let's smoke this cigar. And everybody loved it. Okay, let's go to the straight show and see if it works. And bro, it was a home run. It was a home run in the eighth inning, two outs to roll, uh, they win the World Series. And we didn't know what we had. And it was just exploded. And uh, we received the next year the highest rating uh, of uh, uh, General Cigars history, a 95 rated cigar. And it was a cigar of the year number two because number two was a Cuba. So I always said it's number three, but number two because number two was a Cuba. Nobody has the ability (laughs) to do that. So I was number two cigar in America uh, and a high rating of 95. It is today. The most for uh, uh, the cigar they they roll the six by sixty that size only more of that size than they do in any size of Joe cigar. Wow! It is a powerhouse, a powerhouse, and so uh, that started really started that new kind of the new sheriff in town. Uh, it's going to be based in all of a sudden. I didn't get uh, where's Tim? Where's the uh, you know the family? It was ours. It was ours. It was General Cigar. CL was General Cigar, and we took off from there. Right on. And then you had mentioned the concert. You know, so so from yeah. what you were telling me, that cigar holds the record in the cigar industry from from coming out to being discontinued faster than any cigar in history. Uh, four months. Four months. It was off. I mean, off. I couldn't fight it. I, I, it was uh, they were buying it back. If you have it, send it back. 
Why? It's okay. <laughs> no, set it back. We want we want to fucking burn this thing. Uh, it it was it wasn't a cigar. It was a presentation. The presentation was too much of a gimmick. It looked like a, a kind of a contra. Uh, it's called you know contra. It, it's, it was look like uh, like an amplifier, and uh, it was just it didn't work. Everybody like, oh, what is this? And uh, it was yeah. So I have the highest rating cigar ever, and I also have the uh, the fastest cigar <laughs> out the market for a gentle cigar ever. Now, and now two Ka- years and Kara, two years. Care, you just smoked a uh, a concert the mm-hmm. other day. You know, I uh, did. It, yeah, and it was uh, um because uh, yeah, we come across. Uh, I think I bought six boxes uh, earlier this year. You know, and bought every single one they had, and they were amazing. Maybe it took it's that great, long. It's Ma- an amazing it, cigar. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, an inexpensive cigar. It was, a, it was a, an expensive cigar when it when it first came out. So uh, I've I, always I, believed that uh, we should have repackaged that cigar. We should and let it die for you know a two or three years and just reintroduce that blend and another you know uh, you know uh, uh, presentation. And name because I really really enjoyed the cigar, but the presentation was the downfall of the cigar. Yeah, I mean, and it it, it happens. Um, so we'll we'll fast forward. Like you said, uh, uh, you decided to to leave General Cigar. Um, what was your so what was your decision to retire? I mean, at, initially was it just you know you're you're getting you're getting older, you want to spend more time with the family, or was this? twirling around your head you really wanted to start something else but it or was it just you know it was just time it was uh sarah uh when uh sarah we, we all had time in 2020 we were doing what shut down yeah we're all you know, everybody was rethinking of their path in life okay now we're shut down do i try to reach for something i want to do or do i change my career right now and get into something else Everybody went through that. And so I was sitting in my garage, and Sarah called me. She said, Dad, I'm stuck in Nicaragua. I think I'm going to be able to fly home in two months. And they're going to, you know, uh, kind of uh, release a ban of flying in two months. And I, were, I think I'm going to come home. Uh, I'm done with traveling, and I want to work with you. And I said, baby girl, that's not going to happen because General Cigar is not going to hire you to make me feel better. And so <laughs> if you want to do that, I have to quit General Cigar and start something. Like maybe we'll start a shop together. And he says, okay, do that. Well, what, what the, it's not that easy. I can't just do that. Uh, we need to kind of plan for that. You do that when I'm uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, wanting to come home. By the time I'm home, I think you should be uh, able to say we're doing this. <laughs> so I called Gus, my, uh, uh, my partner, said, Gus, I think I'm going to retire for Joe's Cigar. What are you going to do? I think I'm going to open a shop with uh, my daughter. What do you know about business or running a shop? I said, absolutely nothing. He said, well, I'm interested. Let me, uh, yeah, I want to get back into the business. Uh, so could we uh, form this partnership and we'll open the shop together. Brilliant. You can do your thing running the uh, shop, but I can do my thing and you know, kind of up front. He said, perfect. We'll do that. So we're very close to opening the shop in Tampa. And he called me out of the blue one day and said, bro, I'm out. I said, what do you mean you're out? We're a month be- uh, 
uh, for signing a lease. We already chose the uh, the uh, the shop and all that. We're going to sign this lease. He says, no, I'm out because, bro, I still live in Richmond. If you open this shop in Tampa, all I'm going to do is collect your money from your hard work. It's going to shatter our friendship and our business partnership because I'm not doing anything for this. So if if you're out, I'm not going to retire for a jealous girl. I just break my daughter's heart. I can't do this uh, without uh, Gus because I don't know how to run a business. And it says, uh, have you ever thought of oh, your own cigar line? I said, no. Now, why would I do that? Because I was working for the company that has access to every tobacco in the world. I was basically left alone so I could do anything I wanted to do. Marketing didn't affect me. Sales didn't affect me. It was always, what do you want to do, Ricky? What's your next project? So I was running my kind of my business inside General Cigar without that yeah. money. Uh, so I said, bro, I've never let me do a business plan and see if it works. And we did this business plan. I, I wrote it, bro, if we can do this, if we can open 50 shops uh, this year and maybe two or three countries next year, I think we could do this. And so we started and uh, he did a lot of behind the scenes. And we worked on this project for 18 months without General Cigar finding out. And so the day I retired for General Cigar, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to do something. On Friday, uh, I think it was April the 29th, I retired for General Cigar, dropped a mic on the last event, and opened uh, West Tampa on May the 2nd, the following Monday. And it was a shock to General Cigar. It was, uh, how did you do that? Where's his contract? Oh, Yeah. There's no contract. They never had me sign a contract. Yeah, I, I remember wow. hearing hearing that story when you were telling it to Abe on KMA, yeah. and that and that blew my mind because when that announced within like the industry, we're all we're all saying the same thing. You know, he's going to get sued. He's going to get Sam Lasiad. You know, right right <laughs> out of the other uh, business. No offense yeah. to Sam or anything yeah. else like that. You know, we we love Sam, but mm -hmm. you know. And then when I heard that story, I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. You know, but that's, you know, companies getting acquired, people fall through the cracks. Ricky doesn't have a contract and, you know, he, you know, comes on in uh, uh, West Tampa. So let's get to the, uh, the West Tampa uh, black and uh, uh, the black and white. So during this process, um, how were you, how did you d decide on the factory that you were going to? Because obviously, like you said, you know, you had access to everything, everything and everyone. There was nothing you couldn't acquire and you kind of went to a factory and then everybody's like, who the hell are these people? Mm -hmm. We know uh, right away that uh, to, uh, you know, because I dealt with uh, uh, other, uh, uh, you know, companies that were, are, you know, uh, seeking out general cigar to make a cigar for them. Uh, some high end guys. Uh, I think everybody would be shocked to find out how many cigars we make for other companies. The general guard uh, does, and so we know th that that's kind of true. But I know that we treat them like a number. If they go away, they go away. That did uh, affect us. So, in my heart, in my eyes, I wanted to choose a factory I could change because I knew I had the power to change somebody's life. And so I can't go to a General Cigar and change General Cigar's life. They're so big, so fucking already in place. Uh, there's no way. Uh, so it's just a number to them. 
So we kind of seeked out uh, three factories. I gave them a blends that I wanted them to create for me, and they started to uh, share these um, uh, these blends with us. And um, this little factory was spot on for every cigar that I said, blend this style, use this wrapper, use this filler, one, uh, you know, uh, a piece of this, uh, you know, tobacco, half a piece of this tobacco, and this, uh, and he was spot on. And uh, I went to visit him. And uh, <laughs> remember, he was a small factory, uh, maybe 30 rollers. And so I'm, 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 I'm used to going to General Cigars factory that in the DR we have close to 900 rollers. And uh, Honduras, we have close to 700 rollers and uh, uh, close to maybe uh, 500 rollers in uh, Nicaragua. And so you can see this is the factory. This is that that's the factory. And so we knew that we had the power to change these people's life. And I remember talking to Jose, the owner says, do you know me? He said, Ricky, I'm so sorry. I don't know of you or about you. I said, good, good, because I don't know you. So two road road. And, but I, I, I know this. I can open doors for you. Whatever, what's the biggest order you've ever received? 5,000. I said, boxes? No, cigars from XYZ. And somebody that we all know, a very, very popular company. He did a little sneak uh, uh, blend with this guy. And I said, bro, yeah, I need 180,000 cigars <laughs> uh, for first order. And I said, bro, I, I think I could do this. Do it, but do this for me. Roll the best cigar for me that you can, because if you do that, I'm going to open doors around this world for you, and I'm going to change your life. If you give me a sample to smoke, and then you release my cigar to the public, and it's changed, I'm going to walk away for you. And so that that kind of formed this relationship. And says, Ricky, I will spend sleepless nights of think about West Tampa. If you do that, I will also spend sleepless nights how to open accounts for you. And so we're in 400 shops right now in the U.S. Wow. in six months. And uh, we're in 23 countries uh, globally wow. right now in six months. That, in that six is months. An, awesome. That is insane. Now, now has the factory grown? Because it's still, you know, I mean, from the pictures that I could find, it's still a pretty small factory. Uh, they, uh, you know, they are growing, uh, but everybody's doing uh, dealing with this uh, in uh, Nicaragua and Honduras right now. Uh, lack of rollers because they're adding north, and so he was able to hire some uh, 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 more uh, rollers. So maybe right now he has forty rollers, but production-wise, because we're still small, you know, uh, the, the you know numbers kind of seems uh, a big, but our project our, our our cigars sales are still you know you know he can do it and so but he's uh realizing uh he needs to grow he needs to move his factory he's already in process of finding a new factory to enlarge his factory to enlarge his production and we're there for him because uh not money is his problem and he said no I'll, I'll have the money if you want to uh, build a factory i'll get you the money i, I have of so many guys that after that release uh the minute that monday that uh everybody knew i received about uh 10 calls for every factory from 
Puente called me. Uh, Perdron called me. Um, Davidoff, uh, Davidoff um, uh, who else? Uh, Rocky did. Uh, Ernesto did. Uh, everybody called me. So, bro, I want to work with you. I said, bro, I've already chosen my factory. And so I knew that uh, we had the opportunity to work with multiple factories. And we're going to work with multiple factories because my training taught me if you have one factory, you have one cigar. Uh, if you have multiple factories, you have multiple cigars because everybody gets kind of tied into that kind of corner. If you say Papin, Papin to me represents if you want a, a medium to full buy cigar, Papin is your guy. He is locked and loaded. But if you go to Papin, I want a Macadoodle style cigar, a mild cigar. They'll struggle because they don't know how to react to that tobacco, how to work with that tobacco. That's not their process. So what we want to do is work with multiple factories to uh, allow us to uh, have multiple flavors and multiple cigars in the market, not one style. And Carter myself, oh, I'm known for that mild cigar like Davidoff is. Or I'm known for Papin, that spicy, full-body cigar. I want to give my fan base a taste of everything. And the only way we can do that is work with multiple factories. You know, you're, you're right. You know, cause care, I mean, you know, you know, like, so take, we'll take AJ for instance. Like I said, no matter, I mean, AJ makes cigars for everybody. Mm-hmm. AJ has that specific flavor. Like when you smoke it, like, Oh yeah, this is yeah. an AJ, uh, exactly. this is an AJ exactly. cigar. Yep. Doesn't make any difference who it is. Mm-hmm. This is an AJ cigar. You know, same same with Papine. You know, so there, there's so so several. Same with the General Cigar. Same with yeah. the General Cigar. Oh, this is just General Cigar. This is the DR. This is Honduras. This is Nicaragua. So it's a. I, I explained it this like this. It, okay, General Cigar owned some burger joints. One was called McDonald's. One was in uh, Honduras. Is Burger King. Wendy's was uh, you know uh, N- Nicaragua. McDonald's was DDR. So we're all starting the same uh, with the same ingredients, a bun and a beef patty. How we produce that uh, that uh, burger, how we cook it, how we make it, how we what we put, it makes it different. So the same thing, I don't want to own just McDonald's around these countries. I want to offer you a Burger King, a McDonald's, and a Wendy's. But at the end of the day, we're all starting with the same thing, tobacco or burger. That's it. How you process that burger, and I'm going to be a fan of a, a Whopper. I hate the Big Mac. Yeah. How do you, you get how hungry do you now. Hate a yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's it. You know, uh, someone known for grill, someone known for yeah, flame exactly. broiled. Exactly. You know, so, you know, that's it. A, yeah. a McDonald's could never produce a Whopper, you exactly. know, and, 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 and vice versa. So, so it makes complete sense. Um, that brings us to the new uh, your new attic series. Um, are is the same factory uh, making this one, or have you moved on to another factory for for your new attics attic line? No, the attic is going to be from Gurnmendia, uh, but uh, the next release that we have the trade show will be a another uh, uh, factory that we're going to, right now. I'm meet with that factory tomorrow. Matter of fact, uh, uh, they're going to fly mm-hmm. into Tampa, and we're going to do uh, some sampling. Uh, I'm going to work with um, uh, two factories right now on running for my next full-time launch, and that's going to be uh, either A or B, but uh, 
I'll announce it, uh, you know, uh, later on because I don't want to piss off the guy <laughs> that uh, you're not ready for us. Uh, but uh, I, I will work. Uh, I, I would love to work with Ernesto. I think uh, the story myself, he trained me to go back to circle life and to re- end up uh, working with somebody. But I would love to make a cigar one day after General Cigar is done being pissed off of me retiring i would love to uh, make a cigar with my old team for co i would love that i would love that because i love these guys i love the tobacco i love the knowledge but uh, that's uh, for a gentle cigar to uh, approach me because they know i would do it in a heartbeat oh perfect care mm-hmm. take over for a second i gotta take so attic uh, we can yes here. let's talk about attic for a little bit while Kevin excuses himself for a few few minutes. <laughs> uh, but uh, Attic is going to be a series that we can tell some of these crazy stories uh, that uh, I have, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it's my life story. So uh, Attic is going to be a kind of a series of cigars that if we get uh, some unique tobacco, but they don't have a lot of the tobacco, we mm-hmm. can use an Attic because we're – I'm making about maybe 2,000 boxes of Attic right now. So we can always find some unique tobacco. Not enough for production for a full-time line, but we found this bell or two bells of this old uh, Connecticut shade, a wrapper. Do you want to use it? It's 25 years old. For sure, I'll use it in Attic. But Attic is also going to be our test blends. So we're smoking the Attic today. That attic uh, is going to be, I think the feedback so far has been very positive. They are like, bro, I love the cigar. It's, uh, I want more of it. And so I think we're going to make attic the third series of West Tampa in March. And so if the feedback is so far is very positive for attic, if it continues, because it's only been in the market for about a week, if it continues, and the feedback, we need more. Uh, we don't have more, but we're going to uh, release that full-time in another series uh, for West Tampa. So it's going to be our kind of uh, our playground that I'm not going to force somebody to, like you, uh, Ken, uh, if I go to you and say, hey, there's a new uh, line called Attica, uh, uh, you know, or this new series from West Tampa, buy all the sizes. Well, Ricky, I don't know if it's going to work or not in my shop. Mm-hmm. Well, that's up to you. Now you can buy uh, an Attic series, only five boxes, spend a little money and say, hey, bro, do you like this? Yes. We, we, we'd be interested full time. I would love this cigar ever. So we're going to introduce. So sometimes it's going to be a trust run that we want to create for a full time launch. Sometimes it's going to be a unique tobacco or unique uh, size. Maybe we can introduce a, uh, a Lancero. And the black or white by addicts. So not full time. Gotcha. Putting that pressure on you to sell these, uh, uh, you know, these smaller cigars called, you know, uh, this size. Because we know, all know, everybody thinks they want the Lanceros. Yeah. They don't buy them. They don't support them. What they do is buy one. We need to give you guys a box or a cigar you could sell boxes of. Nobody buys boxes of uh, Lanceros. They'll buy one or two, but so it's going to be a test fund. So if you look at the attic, there's a QR code. 
and you can how do I do this? Okay, you there got it right is. there. And so uh, all you do is uh, click on that, and it's going to send you to a video, and I'm explaining attic. And the, so the attic is going to be a rotating blend. Then it's going to be rotating yes. blends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then you then you you may release it as a different name. If if that blend does well, exactly, exactly. Okay. If we have oh, okay. the tobacco okay. that we know that uh, uh, if we have the tobacco, your feedback is very positive. We'll uh, introduce that uh, at full time, uh, uh, you know, blend. So, but uh, sometimes uh, because of lack of tobacco, which is now this is never going to be full time. We only had uh, five or ten bottles of, uh, of this tobacco, so we're going to do one and done. Oh, the gold mine, twenty five year old tobacco. Yeah, yeah, that that, yeah, that or at least that, every twenty five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's well, it. So it, it, I'll be there for one race. Yeah, yeah. five years. I'm not going to be there for the next one. Uh, uh, so. And then so and then each in each one in the in the in the attic line. Uh, am, am I correct? There, there's going to be a story behind each one. You know? Yes, uh, but the stories are going to really okay. All right, let's go back. When you uh, uh, you know look at West Tampa, I have to do, uh, do marketing and sales and create cigars for the market. But sometimes I have this strange idea to maybe a barber pole, and I know I'm not going to release it full time, but I want to uh, see if uh, I can put a Mexican wrapper uh, with a Connecticut broadleaf together and see that works. That's our attic. It's going to be an attic. But what we're going to do for the second attic, we're going to have the fans choose the story they, they want to hear from me. And how we're going to do that is, I think, brilliant. We're going to show you three boxes. And in the three boxes are going to be three pictures. And I can say this. One of the boxes is going to have a picture of a cheesesteak sandwich for Philadelphia. A spare, uh, a pair of skinny jeans, mm -hmm. white jeans, and an airplane. What's that have to do with a story? Well, you need to choose that story. The other box will have a chicken, a package, and a trailer. Okay, what? Okay, the other one is going to be a gun, a baby, and an ear. Okay, I. Okay, how do you? How does that a story? Click it. Vote for that, and whatever they vote on, I'm going to sit there through this QR code and say, you have chosen box number one. That boxman number one has a filled cheese sandwich, a pair of skinny white jeans, and an airplane, and there's a story that connects all three of those together, and I'm going to share that story. Now, are you are you able to share the Philly cheesesteak? Is it Gino's or Pat's? <laughs> You know what? It was both. It was both because you know what? Everybody knows this story. I'm going to give you the story. Is it? Is it? Is it the story about you flying on yeah, a plane yeah, with a team? Yeah, okay, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know the story. Someone reached out to me before the show. I'm like, hey, see if he'll talk about the plane story with the cheesesteak. <laughs> so, if you don't mind, I'll share it and yeah, no, please, everybody. But I vote vote it. So uh, the first time I went to Philadelphia, I did an event and uh, I was uh, done with the event. I'm going back to downtown and I'm staying in a high rise uh, 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 hotel. I went on 32nd floor of this uh, you know, uh, high rise. And I said to the cab driver, 
hey, bro, I'm starving. I need uh, uh, something to eat. Oh, what do you want? Bro, we're in Philly. I need uh, I need a uh, Philly cheesesteak uh, sandwich. Well, Gino's the Pats is open. <laughs> well, you tell me. I don't know. Oh, I love Gino's. Let's go to Gino's. And I went there, and I wanted to experience that fucking sandwich the right way. I said, bro, I'm going to eat the sandwich, keep the meter running, but I'm not going to take it in my room. I'm going to eat it like the Philly guys are. <laughs> so I leaned it up against his car, and I was eating. And I said, bro, I'll buy you a sandwich you want. You can share it. No, I'll just wait for you. I'm eating the sandwich, and I ate the fucking whole thing, and I went to my hotel. Uh, then uh, the next day I said, OK, I have a flight at three o'clock, so I'm going to go downstairs and work out or drive mail. I walk every day. So I'm going to drive mail and downstairs. Oh, 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 a little fart. Okay, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. the cheesesteaks fart. That's that cheese whiz. That was kind of wet. Okay, I don't, I don't care. And I turned the uh, the uh, thing I'm working on. I turned it off, and I start. Bro, my stomach went upside down. <laughs> I'm now going to the elevator. I was, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna puke right now. And I go going to the elevator. Thank God, thank you, God. There was nobody on the elevator. So, push thirty two. I'm on floor number one, and I'm riding it up. Oh, and God. that elevator was going like this. <laughs> yeah, the slowest ride. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I felt myself kind of squatting down. squatting down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Boom. 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 <laughs> I was walking off of the elevator. I hear squeaking in my tennis shoes. It was so bad. So bad. So I go to the room. I took all my clothes off. I'm laying on the bathroom floor of this hotel room, and it it exploded. It exploded. I said, "Oh my God, I'm going to die like Elvis in the bathroom. I'm going to I'm the bathroom." So I am. I'm broke. I am sick as a dog. I'm puking and shitting at the same time. And so I kind of. Folded off the towels, my clothes, my tennis shoes. Went to the uh, uh, the um, the uh, uh, the tour. I mean uh, the um, uh, uh, the sink, and I went to the, uh, the bed, and I was lying there. Oh my god! I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I have a flight in fucking six hours. So <laughs> I was, bro, I'm saying, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And so about twelve o'clock, I'm fine. Matter of fact. It's so fine. I'm starving. I'm starving. I have nothing in my system. So I'm on my way to our report and I say, hey, bro, I have a bad episode with Gino's last night. Oh, my Gino's. Pat's the way to go. Let's go to Pat's. Get back on that horse. Get back on that horse. And I get back on the horse and I ate that fucking sandwich the same way. Go to my airport. Feeling like a champ. I'm just walking through that airport. Everything's fine. And so I get to the uh, plane and I'm in the plane and the plane, the door shut and window, a girl and a fat dude. And uh, I was saying, oh my God, my stomach flipped out. <laughs> no. Boom. And the girl came, we need something. 
hey, bro, I need some, uh, you know, like a ginger ale. Uh, my stomach is uh, very up. When we take off, I'll serve you first. I need it right now. Nope, we're taking off. So they're taxing out. And I uh, said, so, okay, well, that's not good. They took on a lot. Bro, skinny white jeans. Skinny white jeans. At 60 fucking, you know, 60 year old. I'm fucking in skinny white jeans. And so I looked at the girl and said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I need to go to the restroom. And so like, uh, uh, you know, get on the seat. Got uh, to the, and the girls are like, sit down, sit down. Sit down. They're all strapped in. The plane is now doing this. Taking oh, off. And you're, and Sit you're down. I'm walking to the back. To the back. There was a row in maybe a five, and I'm going to the back. <laughs> row fucking fifty-five, and I'm in the restaurant, and they are announcing, "Sit down, sir. Sit down. Sit down." And I'm, I can't. I can't. I'm going to the restroom. I went to the restroom. Boom. Whatever happened, happened. And they were knocking on the door. Sir, are you okay? Yeah. Just, just give me five minutes. Just. Bro, when I opened that door, the stink followed me from row 55 all the world. And everybody started doing this. Oh my God. 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 Take the plane down the next time. Just bomb us. Uh, it was, I was so embarrassed, bro. So I'm on my way back, and the guy is still trapping. They don't want to get up to because they're still taking off. I'm not going to get up. And so I'm kind of, okay, really? So I'm doing this and making my way in. And I sat down. And the girl's like, oh, my God, what happened to you? I'm sick. Gino's a pastor. I just I don't worry about it. And about an hour later, she says, sir, I don't know how to say this to you. But um, you need to, when you stand up, you need to put something over your rear because you have a little fucking brown uh, stain what what do you mean a brown yeah whatever happened yeah you have a fucking brown stain in your skinny white jeans oh my god girl i i don't want to talk to you anymore bless her heart said yeah you let everybody i let everybody speak forward and i walked in and said you have a napkin or a paper towel or something why and I said, oh, my God, oh, my God, wrap this around. And they gave me a, one of their, their, uh, their uh, whatever it is, that's wrapping around you. And I walked out and I went to my car. And my wife was me. How was your trip? I don't think Marriott wants me back. And I know for a fact Delta never wants me to fly the airline again. So oh that my. is my skinny white jeans with the Philly cheesesteak sandwich in that. Both oh. Gino's and Pat's. Got yeah. Oh, can, can, so what did I do? What did I do the next time I went to uh, uh, Philly? I didn't eat uh, Gino's Pat. I went to Jim's and it never happened again. <laughs> never happened again. Thank mm. God. Thank God. Oh, my God. Kara, do you have a favorite cheesesteak uh, in Philly? It's not Gino's <laughs> or Pat's. I've been no. to both. No, no, I've been yeah. to both multiple it's times. Horrible. It, they're horrible. They're horrible. Yeah. It's the worst. It's it's you you you, and you, you because of my not not because of my story, but the, the cheesesteak sandwich is not good. Oh no, it's not no. good. I don't have a horrible story like that. I yeah. just I, I have a, God. I have a God. story. It's just it's just not 
it's it's you know it's the nostalgia thing to do to, to, when you go to Philadelphia to go to Geno's yeah. or Pat's, but you know when you see where it's just not a good scene. Yeah. Oh oh my god. I think yeah, the best. No. I guess the best Philly cheesesteak I had was in Jersey, right across the right across the river. Yes, Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I I always you know like the the, the last couple yeah. times I flew, you know, my, the I always get the uh, uh, the window seat, but. Both times, like I said, the aisle and the center per people were already there, so they get up. I have to sit down, and the first thing I do in all three seats, I don't even ask. I grab all three airline sickness bags, and, and I always say, I go, it's been a while since I've had to use one of these, but last time I did, I needed all three, um, and there's nothing worse than getting off a plane, and then they're greeting you or at the at the front like, oh, hey, ha, ha, you know, hope you had a great flight, and you got to hand them a bag and they know what's in that bag oh, and it always just i think that, that uh, uh when i think cookies plane never <laughs> ne never nobody greeted me talked to me they i think they radio hey bro when we had in tampa you need to fucking have this plane yeah. off the fucking tarmac and fumigate it with peppery white sense i don't know uh, bro it is bro i've never been sick in my yeah. travels, I'm so lucky that was the only time, but it was a you know, bad time. But yeah. that's my story. And the so, first, yeah, well, the, for first that time, one. the first time I'll blame Gino's, the second one's all you. That one's yeah, all that's you. it. <laughs> you know, to, to, to go back. And, 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 I, and I thought, and I thought I stunk up a plane once with my backpack coming back from visiting the uh, uh, the farm in Kentucky that grows all the fire-cured tobacco. Uh, I, I smell the fire-cured. That smells like roses. That smells yeah. like roses on the cream. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm so, you know, it's, that's one story. So, can you imagine the other group oh, of stories? Yeah, no, no, I can't. I can't wait to hear the, uh, yeah. you know, the the, 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 the baby, other. the baby with the gun and the ear is the epic story. Yeah. And, don't worry about the cock, the package in the trailer. That's another great story. I, I can't, I, I cannot, I cannot wait to hear to hear those. I love that Bruce said that he's never. Yeah, Bruce heard said that. he's never heard that story. So, oh my god, that's awesome. Oh, I, I just uh, shared with uh, you know, quiet uh, with uh, friends that yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, we, and we've heard, and it's always. It's always the Caldwell guys that tell us these 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 stories that involve shit. You know, it's always Caldwell. So you're the first manufacturer that's ever had a poop story. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Uh, outside of a, a Caldwell. Hey, so. You traveled up. You're gonna have everybody. a shit story. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ta talking about leaving everybody on on a high note. You know, for. for... <laughs> I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin story though too. Oh yeah, like, yeah that that is that something that, that 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 is definitely a a, a a me a me story, you know. Uh, but but out, of, out of out of all the places that you've flown all over the world, <laughs> what, what's been your what's been your favorite place to to visit? Either as in a vacation or cigar related. Um, yeah. where's where's been your favorite place? Uh, China. Uh, when I went to China, that uh, stole my heart, uh, bro. Really, uh, I've been to Europe a uh, number of times. Uh, you know. China, I've only visited one time. It, uh, bro, I can. If you go to Europe and kind of shut your ears, they look like us. Uh, the you know the scenery is kind of the same. It's like uh, you know you go to Munich or you know 
uh, you know, uh, France or Paris. It looks like New York, but they have a, a tower. And but if you close your ears, they all. But when I went to China, that took me by surprise. Just the sheer size, the the weight that that you feel. When I was in Beijing, I now know how people from outside of this country, when they visit D.C., you feel that power of this country to D.C. When you see these buildings, you know that they represent the power of this country. That's what I felt when I was in, uh, you know, Beijing, and that was overwhelming. But uh, if I can. If I don't ever go back to Europe, perfect, surfed it, visited uh, 10 uh, times for, uh, you know, uh, travels for uh, CL, but I will be back in China because China just stole my heart. Uh, It's it's a unique country. Uh, I felt like I was on another planet, Uh, but um, yeah, China, China for sure. For, uh, you know, uh, for visiting, uh, you know, uh, Italy, Italy. I would love to take uh, Sarah and Susan to Italy together. Uh, uh, so, but uh, China, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would recommend it. But I don't know if it's be the same because uh, uh, being invited to China is one thing. Being a you know kind of just a, a visitor is something else. But uh, what they showed me, uh, what how they treated me, I was like a king uh, in China. So it was very unique, very uh, touching. Wow, and then and then you know we you know this year has been you know the, the big talk of of China being the next like superpower when it comes to cigars and consuming yeah, cigars. Yeah, you know right, they, they say they say nowhere on earth you know do they smoke more cigars in the U.S. But they say China is is you know they'll they'll be there they'll, they'll be the number one place. Are you seeing that? Uh, I think uh, China to me, uh, uh, China. Uh, right now, still uh, heavy in cigarette smoking, but uh, uh, thank China. What I was amazed at is the quality of their cigars that they want to offer the world. And so I had the opportunity to uh, 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 kind of smoke uh, three cigars that they, uh, you know, uh, wanted to share with me and get my opinion with the American public like the cigar. And uh, said, uh, I said, right now, no, you're not ready for the American public. How long you've been in business? And about uh, three years, five years. I said, that's scary to me because what you're producing right now, bundle-wise, would be the best bundle on the market in the U.S. By far. If I, no. we got a Chinese cigar by bundle, but they're in their mind, they want to charge, you know, $20 for the cigar you know, but you're not there yet. Uh, but uh, what I smoked, uh, they're growing it, they're rolling it, they're producing it in China only. That was, yeah, watch out. You will that, that, be smoking a Chinese cigar in the next five to 10 years. In the that's, a, that's what I was just going to ask you. I, I didn't know, I was going to, you know, when you said producing it, so they're, they're doing everything. They're growing tobacco. Mm-hmm. They're rolling yeah, yeah. it. They're actually producing mm-hmm. their own cigars. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing the, the event, uh, I had to watch what I shared with them uh, because there were spies in every event I went to in China uh, from the government. They were following me, one, uh, because I'm a U.S. Uh, citizen. They don't know if it's just doing that for, C, uh, you know, I'm working for the CIA, kind of 
as a blender, but uh, uh, but uh, also there are people, and they made me aware. Hey, bro, do not share any information about what you do for a living. And so when somebody asked me, talk to you about fermentation, I had to answer, I don't know this process of fermentation because what I do for a living, the tobacco that I've received has already been fermented. So I don't know the process of fermentation. I don't know what fermentation does for your cigar. That's a point by lie, but I had to do that. Uh, so they're always... Uh, and you knew that guy was asking questions for the company that he represents. So I said, bro, I, you know, how long you age your tobacco to, uh, bro, I don't know. I love to answer that question, but every tobacco I receive has already been fermented and aged. So I don't know if they're aging that tobacco for one year, for 10 years. I don't know, but uh, I could not share the knowledge I had uh, to, uh, for everybody that I would be willing to share with anybody and everybody I could share with them. Oh, exactly. You know, and they're known for that. I, I had a buddy of mine that was having a, uh, um, he worked for a company that was having some machines, big industrial machines built um, in China. You know, that his company had two machines built and unbeknownst to them, the factory built three machines, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so they worked out the bugs on, on the two Chinese worked out the bugs on the three, you know, as, and then, as soon as they started producing their part, you know, a year later, all of these knockoff parts start coming off. They're like, hey, we have the only two machines in existence. I can build this part, you know, and then it come back to that factory that the government had them build a third machine. You know, mm-hmm. same with that. So I, I could see them asking you those those questions. But uh, but I, I didn't I didn't know that until now that they were producing. Now, uh, construction wise, are they just just as on point? No, because uh, you, they're all the trainings come from Cuba. Uh, so uh, if we all know, if you buy a box of uh, Cuban cigars from Cuba, you're going to have a uh, bad cigar or two or three or some kind of yeah. box. It's going to be tried. So they don't care. So they're learning from the wrong people. So they're learning about grown tobacco from the Cubans. They're learning about manufacturing Cubans. That's wrong. I think, you know, that's wrong for us. Uh, I think so. But uh, as far as I can share this, their knowledge of tasting cigars are beyond us, beyond us. I did an event uh, with 100 people, 100 people, and they had to smoke it in a cigar. They smoked it in a cigar from a CEO called, uh, it was a, um, uh, La Charietta. So they have never experienced this cigar, ever saw this cigar. And so they smoked in about 150 of the cigars through a, a friend of theirs in uh, Manal. And they smoked in this for this event. So what they did was, guys and girls, what we're going to do is give you a cigar. You're going to taste the cigar. You're going to give us information. How long is the cigar? What's the green gauge of the cigar? What do you think the price point of the cigar would be? And what's the blend? I said, what the blend like the wrapper and he said bro just wait and they started to report so they had to build out this paper this form and they started to release this form that it's all in chinese so they're reading to me okay out of the 100 people 80 percent of the 100 people got four of the five tobaccos right wow that blew me away 
The other 20 got every tobacco right. They've never experienced a cigar. And they don't have access to a lot of cigars. They have Opus X, they have some Fuente, they have some Rocky, but not a, a variety of cigars to, enough to. And so they were spot. The 20 said, okay, we we don't know if it's a wrapper, the binder, the fill, but these are the five tobaccos you're using to make the cigar. Well, I can't do that. I said to the guy, I cannot do it. I guarantee you any cigar you give me, I can say the wrapper, you can buy from the wrapper is this. I don't know the fillers. Maybe it's Nicaragua spice. Oh, uh, you have some Nicaragua. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. There's two other tobaccos from Mexico and Honduras. I couldn't do it. But they did it right. What tripped them up was the, uh, the ring gauge. Half of them said it was a 52 and it was a 50. So two people got it all right. The blend, the tobacco, the size. <laughs> The price point and the ring gauge. And it was a couple. And I said, bro, I want to meet these guys. And they own a shop. And they said, bro, I would love for you to visit our shop. And I did, but it was a very small shop. I said, How? And the, the dude smokes like this. <laughs> okay, I'm done. And the girl was like, All right, I'm ready. And they explained it. I, I, sure. So the guy that was putting this the event on, and I said, can you do this? I said, bro, I'm so far past that. Do you have another cigar on your bag that I have never seen? Yes, I do. I had a session, uh, the CO session. Yeah. I said, I have one. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see anything about this cigar. So he sat behind me, and he put his chair behind me, and he says, light your cigar. And smoking about a third of weight, let me know. And I'm smoking this cigar, talking to him. And so about about a third of weight, says uh, to the girl, give me my jar. And the girl gave him a jar. It's a, a, a glass jar. It looks like that tube that you uh, use at banks to send your money. Okay. It yeah. looks like that. And so he says, do me a favor. Take this tube, unscrew the lid, and blow your cigar smoke <laughs> into that lid. And I said, and it says, seal that lid and give it to me. And I handed it to him. And he says, I'm chiming it. One minute. Open it up. Smell it. Close it. Another minute. Okay. I know you have Connecticut Broadleaf. Maybe Nicaraguan. And there's another tobacco. I don't have my thing. He says, I want to be able to go to any shop. Walk by somebody. He says, you're smoking Barkin Patel's Edge. How do you know that? I smell it. Lord wow. me. Lord me. Lord me. Wow. So these, guys, yeah. these guys are copiers. Uh, so that's the reason that we can share because they're going to take that knowledge and they're going to use it because they don't know how to think about it, but they can copy anything we have. But that wow. was uh, overwhelming to me. Wow. That, that, that is care. Can you even imagine being able to do that? That is. Yeah. Yeah, you give me a jar of smoke. I smoky. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Just smoky. I don't even know if it's cigar smoke. I don't know what it is. I just, you did that. You know, but that that's absolutely insane. Yeah, that's, it that's is real. insane for uh, you know that many people to get 
that many tobaccos right. I don't think uh, if I had a hundred people in the U.S., I don't think uh, uh, seventy-five would be able to select two tobaccos. They're going to guess on one of the tobaccos of two. I guarantee you, it's amazing. It was amazing to me to see that. Yeah, you know, I, I've been doing a uh, a uh, smoke in uh, the connoisseur club. I've been doing that for a little over a year now. It's five blind cigars. I actually have my my tasting sheets. I was smoking one earlier today. Mm-hmm. I have never gotten you know, other than a wrapper. So, I mean, you yeah. can, a you Connecticut can broadleaf is a Connecticut it. broadleaf. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 know well, it is, but I've never been able to guess. You know, uh, a, a a tobacco. And this is five cigars every month for over a year. And I've never been able to guess anything right other than a wrapper. So that yep. is that is mind blowing. That's the reason See, I you, want you to go back. yourself short, Kevin. You always get the candela right. I always get the candela right. You know, so so that that I do. Uh, uh, Rick, what are your what are your thoughts on ca- get candela? And before you say it's garbage, no, um, it's just not garbage. It's no. old. It's old school. It's uh, old school. We uh, as a manufacturer, we love it. Uh, we yeah. want to sell because it takes out all the processing you go from the farm to barn to manufacture there's no fermentation there's no aging so a manufacturer would love (laughs) to make a comeback uh because it it is you could you know roll a cigar and make a lot of money because you're taking out so much of your process and throwing away it's just like a cameroon to me it's an old how how, you know how often you see cameroon introduced to the market you know, so because it's, it's old school, it's that my grandfather smoke, it's my father smoke, I want my smoke. So I, I have no problem, but I don't think the market is there for us, for West Tampa to ever make a Candela, maybe on an Attic series, when I'm done, maybe, but uh, not. I don't see anybody really successful with a line uh, Candela all the time. Yeah, exactly. And Karen and I, I mean, we're we're probably hands down the two biggest, other than the Oliva, John Oliva Sr., you know, we're mm-hmm. probably the two biggest Candela lovers in the yep. industry. I would definitely love to see more Candela, you know, but but yeah, you're you're right. You know, it's it's seven days. You know, by the time you put it in the barn, realistically yep. it's three days and you're pulling yep. it out, you know. So you can do a collaboration, it. Kevin, if you have a story with uh, Shamrock Shake. Right. Yeah, with skinny jeans in a bathroom. Yeah, in the air. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, Rick, I mean, Rick's Rick's grandfather. You know, he he probably rolled more oh, than his sure. share of Candela oh, in sure. in his life. You know, until the seventies. Uh, you know, the uh, you know Candela went away in the eighties and the nineties for sure. But in the seventies, sixties, and the fifties in America, mm-hmm. that was where you're smoking. You know. Ninety uh, percent of these cigars were Candela, you know. Yeah, back yeah. The, the American market selection, the AMS yep. cigar. Yep. You know that that was that was it. Um, so uh, um, we're going to jump to our final topic for for okay. tonight before we let you go. I can't believe it's been almost it's been over two hours already. Um, we got the uh, we got the college football playoffs coming up. Now I heard. Now I don't know the story. I heard uh, everybody has their favorite college football team. Apparently, you've got a half a dozen favorite college football teams. From, 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 from what three, I hear, three, three, three. I okay, I heard four. Three. I heard four, four to six. Four, so, uh, four was no four was back <laughs> in the day when Miami was winning everything. I did away with Miami in the two thousands because they're horrible. But uh, I was raised loving Michigan, uh, Texas, and uh, LSU. Those were my teams. And so, uh, Michigan, mm, mm, I bleed blue. 
uh, never been to that school. I I don't know. I, I don't think I can spell Michigan, but you know, I love that team. I care, love that team from uh, care 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 bleeds uh, maize and gold as well. Yeah. You know, so he he's a Michigan I fan. I, I'm a I'm a Michigan. I've been a long time Michigan fan. Yeah, now, now I happen to be yeah. you know uh, a a fan favorite of the team that beat uh. Miami in uh, 2003, the championship Ohio State Buckeyes. So I am a uh, I am a diehard Buckeye. So uh, yeah, LSU, at least you guys got you guys got a Buckeye. You know Joe Burrow. So uh, you know, uh, but yeah. So so who 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 are you rooting for uh, to win it all? Uh, Obviously uh, Michigan. I would love to play your team again and just <laughs> after that whooping. Uh, yeah, bro. Uh, bring up. I don't want to play Georgia. Uh, I, I'm scared of TCU right now, but I think we'll handle that. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Georgia will handle your uh, high school team or college team. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, now, you know, there, there are a few there. It's few and far between, but there are a few analysts that, that say that Ohio State is going to to Trump. Um, um, I think so. Georgia. And then it's going to be Georgia, Michigan. In the uh, in in the finals, which would be an absolute, I mean, amazing. Hundred percent. I think Georgia has some weaknesses, and I think I Ohio agree. State is a solid team. And I think if they come out and they play and can exploit some of those weaknesses, I uh, think wrong coach. They have a t- I think they have the wrong coach. I think uh, uh, right now he's playing with his team, and he can't handle it because uh, his past is from. Uh, Aaron uh, Myers, or was your old Ur- Ur- yeah, Ur- Urban, so, Urban yeah, Meyer, so, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think uh, your team is good, but uh, I think your coaches, I don't know, I don't know, I, don't know. I think uh, you know, um, Harbaugh is better than Day right now. Uh, yeah. Had to had. I, you know, I do love that heart because Harbaugh is the prodigal son that returned. You know, mm-hmm. I love, I, I love the story behind Harbaugh you know, played at Michigan, you know, and then came back, you know, I mean, this is obviously how he'll end his career. You know, I mean, he's, you know, an older guy. So mm-hmm. I, I love the story. I, I love, you know, I, I love his Great. story, but uh, I would like to just shut up the people that put those stupid memes on my timeline. Oh, really? <laughs> because I put my money where my mouth is. So I have a, a, a fan of our state, a very dear friend. So we, Put a I have a chalkboard for bets, and we put uh, down for the game, uh, and uh, you know November, five thousand pesos. We <laughs> thought five thousand pesos about uh, thirty five dollars. Yeah, uh, the pesos do better than yeah. we know because it's not uh, five thousand pesos is about uh, you know uh, uh, thirty five hundred dollars. Like, oh wow! <laughs> so right now, if we do meet again, we just double it to. 10,000 pesos. 10,000. Oh, wow. I, I, I am going to reach out to uh, Tom Lazuka <laughs> and I am going to place a bet on uh, his shoes. He's got my uh, uh, the, the gold Miami sh- or, uh, Michigan shoes. So I, w- I want to place a bet. You know, if they lose, if we meet and they lose, I want his shoes so I can burn Tom Lazuka's shoes. On, I think there's uh, a good uh, shot of them meeting. I really do. Yeah. I think Ohio State's got a shot of beating Georgia. So I, I don't I don't know. I said, you know, so we'll 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 find any any given Saturday is what that is what they say, you know. Yep. So and so we're not our, going to talk about the Bucks. Thank you so much. They suck. Brady, go away. Thank you so much for your uh, Super Bowl. Go away. 
Just go away. You're done. Yeah, I, I, I think do you, do you got do you uh, care, Rick? You think he retires or does he go to the? No, Dolphins? he's going to. Uh, he no. wants to go to San Francisco. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a great fit for him. They're not really sold on Jimmy G. Is gone. Uh, yeah. I would love to give uh, Jimmy G. here, but I, I don't think they're sold on. Uh, you know, Trent uh, uh, Lace or what is his name? Uh, the uh, the quarterback that he yeah. they want yeah, to yeah. Uh, but uh, if he goes there for one year, home base, uh, five miles away for growing up from this stadium, I think that is where he wants to go. But yeah. if he doesn't go there, I think he's going to be forced. To, he's not going to be a buck next year. I know that for, for sure. No, no, no. He's he's definitely not going to be a a, a, a buck a buccaneer next year for for sure. You know, and if it wasn't for the whole controversy with Miami, you know, with Miami and their big lawsuit and everything else. You know, mm-hmm. I, he, I think he would have been at Miami this year, you know, the Dolphins. So I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. He'll, he'll be he'll end up somewhere. He'll end up somewhere. He's got another. He's got. Well, another he's not going to end up uh, in anywhere that is just a starting a team. So he's not going to mm-hmm. end up in Detroit and all that. No, he's no, going no. to go either to because if you look around, there's only one team that needs a quarterback. They think they need a quarterback and ready for the two pro. Is a uh, the Niners because yeah. that other team is ready for the Super Bowl without a quarterback. So, yeah, uh, no, he's going to go there or, or retire because yeah. his divorce. Uh, uh, his wife took fifty percent of our offense with her. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. perfect. Uh. So, oh, care any final thoughts, questions for uh, for Ricky tonight before we no. let him go. The and fastest two hours and ten minutes. I know. Thank you, Rick. That was a fantastic interview. Oh, bro, thank you, thank you so much. And uh, I had great. a great time. And uh, please have him back on. And uh, we have something to talk about in February and March for the new uh, line detention. So have me back. Uh, I've had a lot of stories this year. And we yes, didn't uh, really get into tobacco and the knowledge and sharing the knowledge with you guys. And so anytime you want uh, to uh, do another show, reach out and uh, I'll say yes. And I'll definitely contact uh, Sean for you, for sure. Oh, thank you very much. And Sarah, I know you're uh, you're watching tonight, so definitely put that in your books when you guys are getting ready to release some more cigars. Definitely reach out to me if I don't reach out to you ahead of time and we'll get you guys back on the show um, and then talk about the, uh, the new releases and it'll be absolutely fantastic. So Rick, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We appreciate it, man. Happy holidays for everybody and Merry Christmas for everybody else. But, uh, (laughs) have a great holiday season. Uh, be safe, uh, be loving and I'll see you guys soon. We'll see you soon. Thank you. you All right, guys. Bye-bye. I was just, (laughs) just telling Jessica, I think I'm going to send that, send that little clip to Jeremy McDonald over at wildfire. I'm like, you, you think you've got a shit story? You know, uh, here, here, you know, we, we, we've got, we, we've got the epic uh, shit story for you. Oh my now, God. Uh, now White I know, skinny uh, jeans. God, yeah. Now man. I know Christopher Walmer had uh, mentioned earlier um, about wanting a CAO concert box oh, for an, op- yeah. for a, uh, yeah, I, I dinged him. I pinged him and told him to get in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we've got two. So um, I know I Jeff. I guess I'll part with. Mine. I know you know Chris. Christopher's a, a great supporter <laughs> yeah, of the show. So uh, we'll definitely. I was, uh, was going to say something, and then I was like, I'm not putting that in the comments. <laughs> yeah, that's why <laughs> oh, I exactly. think privately. I was like, I'm not going to say anything here. And get yeah, so, so Chris, I don't know how so, far you're in that second sangria. That, that, that's <laughs> it. So so Chris. <laughs> 
so Chris will definitely get you that uh um that that uh that that empty box out. So all right, it's time for the uh the tapping ash and taking names giveaway presented by Amendola Family Cigars. You know, I love speaking of Amendola. I I loved how he was uh, uh, talking about the Italians, and then Jeffrey Amendola's li listening in. And I will not work for Italians or work with Italians. You know them dirty, stinky people. You know I didn't. Yeah. You know, so I yeah, I'm paraphrasing. That's why. Okay, don't yeah, yeah, that, that did not come out. Of that, that's that's why I that's why I, I, I get as much shit as I as I do. Yeah. I so sent Jeff a message too. I was I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> oh, so the people that cannot win tonight: JJ Jumbalaya, John Caro, Frank F, Danny Habetton. Um, so we have we have a, a couple of prize packs from a Corona cigar, um, and I haven't even done the unboxing video for this yet. So you may get these before the video is even out. So we've got the uh, the December 2022 Premium Cigar of the Month Club shipment. Uh, they got LFD. JDN, Davidoff, EP Carrillo, and a Tatuaje in uh, in this package. In the next one, we've got the Corona Regular Cigar of the Month Club uh, shipment that will be given away. I, at least I haven't even looked inside here yet, so I don't know what's in here. We got the Corona uh, um, Nicaraguan 25th Anniversary, the Nub Connecticut, the Punch Rare Corojo, H. Upman Herman's Batch, great cigar, Villager uh, Villa Dominicana, and a St. Louis Ray Broadleaf. Um, so, uh, um, whoever, uh, um, I pick first, when you email me, Kevin at cigarprop.com, yeah, you'll have your choice of whether you want, uh, the five cigars in the premium or the six cigars in the, um, the, the regular, um, cigar of the month club. So let me, uh, let me share my screen here. What a great story. God, my what, I mean, what? The whole thing, I mean, his, his history and ex I mean, the whole flathead story, I think was just. I know. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, um, and and uh, and uh, I'll tell you a story about that flathead box real real quick here. As soon as I start uh, collecting the comments here, um, let's see. So we've got so Randy Keller, Randy Keller, oh, Kevin God. at CigarProp.com. Uh, you'll get you'll get your choice of the premium uh, cigar of the month club or the uh, the standard, and we're going to draw one more time. Steve Toth. So Steve, Steve Toth, uh, um, Kevin at cigarprop.com. Um, um, for, I like for, how you think I can, I have a photographic memory sometimes. Steve. Start, I know, but I go to write stuff down and then it's like I look up and it's gone. Steve Racecar Man Toth. So, yeah, um, uh, I, I remember. got to keep up. Yeah, I, I remember Rick, Rick telling me the story about, you know, just producing that box. They had this, you know, the CNC machine mill in uh, um, down in Nicaragua. They're producing the box and literally like days before uh, PCA, I think IPCPR back then, you know, they're trying to get this, these boxes produced just to show them off at the uh, at the convention and like literally last minute the machine because the machine crashed. They had to find parts or something and they got like <laughs> one or a couple boxes produced just in time to show off at the, uh, at the event. Like it like literally made it down to the deadline. Yeah. I'm sure you're not exactly calling your warranty and getting the repairman out quickly to get that 
Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. So, but uh, I mean, what I mean, just a ho- we we we'll I mean, we gotta have a whole nother show of just his stories, you know, just being at, at uh you know um General STG for twenty seven years and just just no just I mean his first cigar was when he got hired as a rep. Wow, that's I hilarious. Mean, just just I mean. blow blows my mind what a great way to end 2022 i mean really absolutely absolutely a great Fantastic. way we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have him back on the show and um like i said uh this will be our last show for a month we're gonna take a month off for winter break um get retooled uh we'll definitely have uh some 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 new guests i definitely want to reach out to some old guests as well and find out what they're doing you know because uh, uh we've only had maybe like three or four guests that have made a second some have made a third and fourth appearance over the last you know three years so I kind of want to go back and, and 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 you know revisit some of our some of our older guests and and find out what they're what they're doing and what they're up to now as in when I say now as being 2023 so it's going to be an exciting exciting year um I think we've got some new sponsors coming on I think uh, um it's going to be going to be super exciting yeah. we're you know we're, I don't think we're going to have the new lounge open up for um for the start of uh, 2023 but Sometime in the first quarter, we will definitely be broadcasting from the new Drew Estate Experience Acid Lounge. So um, in the show notes down below, West Tampa Tobacco, uh, Jessica had the, the, um, the, the, the ticker uh, going throughout, uh, throughout the show. All of our partners, thank you. Remember uh, um, Corona Star Prop 10, get you 10% off. That is a permanent discount code now, so definitely use that. Um, also in the show notes are... Uh, um, all of our social media links for Cigar Prop producer Jessica Caraviahante of Stogie Road Cigars. Um, once again, we want to thank all of our partners for supporting us this year. Um, we definitely could not have made this happen without you. Um, so thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars. We are the muscle. Excelsior Tobacco, makers of the Doña Lydia GTO Cigars. Those who know, smoke GTO. Corona Cigar. And of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. Um, we'll start off, Jessica. Jessica, would you like to leave all of our viewers with a uh, with a uh, a winter message for tonight? A winter message? I don't know. We, we're not we're not going to hear from us for a month. So uh, say something insightful, and um, I'll see you next year. See, see you next year. <laughs> Care you do not have big shoes to fill with uh, following that. <laughs> How do I follow that? I am ready for 2020 to be. I'm all ready for the new year. Like to me, this is already over. Like 2022 can suck it. A lot of bad shit happened. Yeah, 2022, especially to me. So there, see, 2022 can suck it. That's way better than (laughs) see you next year, Jess. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you all next year. Be safe, be happy, and have a great holiday. Way to pull uh, it out of her, Kev. Good job. Good job, it. Kevin. You pulled it out of her. That's it. Care. Leave everybody with some whatever, final thoughts. Whatever of the you year. celebrate this time of the year, just make sure that you have you spend it with family. You be safe and enjoy lots of cigars. It's a great time to uh, uh, smoke a cigar with family. I'm going to be visiting my dad this week and visiting uh, Pennsylvania over the oh, this you know leaving Wednesday this weekend. Hopefully I'll get a chance to catch up with Chris Walmer and enjoy a cigar with him, but uh, just enjoy your time with your family and uh, smoke cigars. I just want to point out. Uh, you don't get a second chance, Jess. I, do. I know that Ron, Ron had an epic picture from Universal that we 
I don't know why we didn't think of taking oh, a cigar. Oh, the cigar with the with dragon. dragon. Yes, Ron, kudos for yeah. that picture. Winner, he totally wins best picture of the year. <laughs> so right on. All right, we'll see uh we'll see everybody next year.